1: Talk on 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, uh, the first hour of the program on a Friday, and we hold Pete Callender over for the uh, Friday hangover. Uh, Pete Callender, thank you so much for, uh, for being willing to uh, spend
2: time with me today. I am blinking now so people can see the hostage video. Yes. I'm being held <laughs>
1: in the studio. Can, can um. Can we talk about something that is uncomfortable for many people? Can we talk about... Absolutely. Can we talk about the democracy? Yeah, well, you know that's one of my favorite topics. Uh, you, you say democracy differently than me, which I think is wonderful, oh. actually. How do you say it? Democracy. And I say the democracy.
2: Yes, you're you. Uh, I think you come from a little bit more of a finer pedigree <laughs> than I do. You you have a more of a Charlestonian kind of. A,
1: oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah,
2: like a little uh, bit of higher society than I than I uh, hail from. I think. So at two
1: thirteen this afternoon, I I got a screen grab off of MSNBC, and I I sent it to you. Do you have that on your phone right now?
2: <sighs> I do.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you can you can you read? I feel like I'm interrogating you on the court <laughs> in the court. Can you read? Can you can you describe what that's a picture of and read the caption beneath the picture?
2: All right. Uh the the picture shows um it looks to be like a human being, but uh, from the nose up is chopped off by mm-hmm. the picture. So it appears to be some sort of an orange person yes. wearing a blue suit with a mm-hmm. red tie, mm-hmm. pointing to somebody in the crowd uh, yes. with very small hands. Yeah, yes, the, a bad orange man. The, <laughs> <laughs> then the crawl underneath says, Decision 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, NBC News, quote, some opponents may leave the country to escape Trump if he wins again. <laughs> Pete, it's very early in the process to go full freak out. Wait, who, What does this tell us? Who are these opponents? Are these well, Republicans in the not, is this Nikki Haley? No, 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 this? It's Nikki-
1: I I think it's like Cassidy. I who? think it might be Vindman and Vindman. I think it, you know, it might be those people
2: who are going to have to flee the country. Now, why would they need to flee the country? Okay, like, it doesn't say they have to. It just says they may. So this is like the whole may versus shall thing, you know. Oh, yes. So this seems like this is their it almost could be like this is their promise, which, you know, don't threaten me with a good time, you know. That's right. Right, like, oh, wait a minute! I vote for Trump, and I get the Vinmans to leave the country. Wait a minute, this seems like a win-win. What am I missing here? Don't throw me in the briar patch. I don't. I, yeah, that's right. I, I don't know that there's any briar patching happening here.
1: But <laughs> let me say this. Let me say this. I thought they were all about fighting right. for the democracy. Right. And now, at the first sign of bad orange man, they run into the into the thicket. What it, I thought, I mean, these were the people who invented Antifa, Pete Callender. These were the people who invented beatdowns on the streets uh, in the 2017 inauguration
2: in D.C. Right. But why why are they having to flee? Because it's different when Democrats do it. See, they are totally fine with the use of force against political opponents when they're the ones using the force. Right. What they're expressing now is like this is the tell, right, that Mm -hmm. if they get into power, this is what they would do. So they assume you would, too. And Donald Mm. Trump, not for nothing, the way he talks kind of indicates he's interested in doing it also. Which isn't surprising, as I've mentioned before. The guy was a Democrat for his entire life. So yes. I don't think you just shed the, those beliefs very quickly. So some of those tactics, the rough-and-tumble world of New York real estate and yes. you know, uh, having to deal with the mafia and such, I think some of that kind of rubs off. And, um, and so I think some of these people might genuinely be concerned that Trump might go after them like they go after him. And um, so I think, you know, if anything, like now— You're 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 convincing me maybe go vote for Donald Trump if I'm going to be able to clear Mm -hmm. out like half of news division at CNN or MSNBC Mm -hmm. like this could like Mm -hmm. this could Mm -hmm. weigh in his favor.
1: What do we think just given that analogy you just did, which is so beautiful. Thank you. um, what do we think about the Catherine, Catherine uh of her investigation and suddenly in comes CBS News with, I mean, let's be honest, sort of a heavy hand
2: confiscating all of bit. her property. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, Free it press d- much? It does. Yeah, it does make you wonder. Like, first off, uh, the ones that are... I think the ones that were under investigation, like, that's Fox, right? Because the stuff that she had done that that the government was looking to nail her over and hold her in contempt over, that that dates back to her time at Fox News, if I recall correctly. That does, yes. That part does. So whatever sources she was developing and had developed and had at CBS and anything that she may have had in her files at CBS that were about the Fox stuff, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I don't know... How that is being segregated on mm-hmm. her work computer and all that, I have to believe. I want to believe. Let me say it this way: I want to yes. believe mm-hmm. that she, being of the caliber that I believe her to be, mm-hmm. that she has nothing on CBS servers.
1: Nothing. I would. I, I would hope so, because you know, a lot of this was was tied back to the laptop as well. Right. There was uh, some laptoping going on there. Right, as the well. Hunter
2: Biden laptop that she was looking at, and she that was wasn't doing real. That right now, is real. It is real now. Right. It, well, now real. it identifies as real, so that's it. Trance. That's very it tranced. It tranced from fever dream, right, to reality. Right. Really kind of interesting. Russian misinformation mm-hmm. uh, that became real, versus uh, what happened with uh, what's his face the uh, the vodka guy, Smirnov. Smirnov. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Smyrna. Well that that guy, that was just a dirty that was just dirty trick operations. I mean, that's 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 run of the mill sort of stuff out there. Yeah, I mean. But now here's here's the thing where it gets very interesting. Where are the Woodwards and Bernsteins coming out to defend Catherine Herridge. I mean, they, they're the originators of, of, of uh, antagonizing uh, Tricky Dick Nixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- why are they not coming out saying, how dare you, unhand her materials, right. uh, unhand, uh, give it back? Uh, this, is, this is a total violation of,
2: of all of the uh, canons of journalism. Well, this is principles, right? I mean, this is a, it's a principled matter. Uh, so they're standing on their principles, which is, you know, to defend the precious uh, uh, act as a Praetorian Guard at all costs. That's their principle. See see what you did? You you classed it up, Pete. I did. Thank you. It's what I do. Uh, I can't help it. You know, Um, it's uh, I just I I read that the CBS brass had, they say, secured. Mm -hmm. Yes. Her office. (laughs) Um, I I don't know what that means. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that means like Mm -hmm. her her digital stuff. Like, I mean, because she remember she had reported this was going back years ago. Right. That she or I think it was Heritage or maybe it was Atkinson. I forget who, but that. Atkinson. Oh, it was Atkinson where she was watching people hack into her. In real time. In real time. Right. That's right. Yeah. uh I got to believe that that if they whatever they are interested in knowing, they already know. And uh, far be it for me to suggest that media operations. Yes. Yes. Even at the level of, you know, corporate networks, uh, CBS might not Mm -hmm. be completely adept at dealing with the U.S. government intelligence agencies. That's right. But I suspect whatever they wanted, they've probably already gotten. Uh, So if CBS is as incompetent as I assume them to be, Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I think whatever damage was done was already done. You know? There
1: should immediately be a press conference with uh, Catherine Herridge, mm-hmm. um, uh, Cheryl Atkinson, and James Rosen, who we all remember yeah. was being surveilled by the Obama Justice Department because he was uh, you know, working on stories.
2: Anyway. Man, I'll tell you what, if we hear more examples like this— yeah, there are, might be oh. a bunch of people that might leave the country. I'm thinking about it.
1: I'm thinking about leaving the country. <laughs> and I want to
2: invite everybody to
1: defect to South Carolina, because that's the place to be.
2: Well, that is so. the country, though. I, I, I lived in South Carolina. A lot of country there. A lot of country. <laughs> a lot of country. Pete Callender,
1: it's been a treat being with you again uh, as we uh, do the hangover, and you gave us great context. And I thought you did one heck of a show today. So well, thank uh, you, sir. T- take the rest of the weekend off, if you would, if you'd like.
2: I will do just that. Thank you. Have a great weekend yourself.
1: Thanks, Pete. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110. Don't forget, we're taking an incredible cruise down the Danube at the Christmas markets coming up at the end of November. Check out the uh, opportunity for you to join us. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Go to tourwithbrett.com, tourwithbrett.com. Dot com. It'll be a, a great time and I know you're gonna uh, really, really love doing this. So check it out tourwithbrett.com. Let me start off with CPAC in Washington, DC. Uh, earlier today, Nick Gilbertson over at Breitbart did an interview with Dave Bratt. Dave Bratt is a former congressperson who is uh, now sort of a political advisor to different Republicans out there. And he was asked by Nick Gilbertson like what should be accomplished? Uh, with this upcoming Congress, how should this stuff work? And Dave Brat, who saw his fair share of a lot of fights there in D.C. All right. So here's here's what Dave Brat was talking about. He was talking about the strategy that needs to, uh, to that needs to, to play out for Republicans to be effective coming up uh, in this election cycle. This is what he said.
3: I I want Mike Johnson, who's a great person, and I want him. Just we, you can just have a three-issue contract, and it's clear. Everybody knows what they are, right? The, en- the endless wars, throw in China and Ukraine in that bucket, and then the debt. We're 50 trillion in 10 years, according to CBO, and we're going to grow at 1.5% for the next 20 years, according to. CBO. No one knows any of this stuff. If you run on this, and then the border invasion, which is just existential. And so just—what no one knows is the Democrats are unified. The Republicans, when we go into conference—there's 220 guys or whatever there is, right, congressmen and women. When we go into the room, our strategy is you just fund people and let them go run 220 different elections. That's a disaster. Because you got some people running almost as liberals or Democrats in certain, you know, in San Fran or Illinois. I get why they want to do that. I, 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 I sympathize. But then you can't come together and run on these three issues that are existential for the country.
1: That strategy is terrible. And I'm going to tell you who originated the strategy that Dave Bratt is alluding to. I'm not saying Dave Bratt is wrong. I think Dave Bratt's right. But what he's talking about is go back to the bad old days of 2016 when Mitch McConnell and uh, uh, Pablo Ryan decided that you guys were going to be on your own. Just go home and say what you have to. If Trump becomes the president, just go home and say what you have to so you can retain the seat. There's no strategic vision. It's the running of the bulls and people are getting gored. Dave Brad is right. The border is a is an is an existential threat. The, the endless wars are existential threats. Fifty trillion dollars in spending uh, in debt is an existential threat. So what you have got to do, what you have got to do is you have got to make sure you're going to go hammer down on the people in your conference so that they're on the same page. You see how thin the margins are right now? And I understand Mike Johnson's got challenges in front of him. But those margins are thin. What do, what do you have if you're in the Republican uh, uh, conference? You have like f- five, six, eight votes at best. The Democrats are in lockstep with each other. And that is a is a problem. If you're going to tell people, hey, if you live in Metro Chicago or Northern California or or, or upstate New York and you're a Republican, you could just you could just say whatever you want and, and and do whatever it takes to get elected. Yeah, but you have to stick to your plan. Otherwise, people get shocked when you impeach Mayorkas. Right. And you saw three defections. From the Republicans because they didn't want to impeach Mayorkas for malfeasance down at the border. It's disgusting. So Brat is exactly right. You have to get on the same page, or 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 else it's it's a disaster. If you if you don't stay on the same page, you're going to fall apart. Uh, remember, C- Coach Doherty pointed it out, and I thought he was spot on when he said it. The issue with George Santos was you should have gotten him as a vote to impeach Mayorkas and then you kick him to the curb if that's really what you want to do. But you have got to make strategic decisions and not just go you know hither, dither and yon. That's my thought. I'd love to get your thoughts as well. Our telephone number 704-570-1110. Look, I understand there's a lot of frustration out there about road closures, uh, about the, uh, the, the, the Trump rally coming up uh, over at Winthrop. I understand that there's a lot of frustration out there. This is what happens every time a president, a former president, president of a first lady a vice president comes to visit an area you're going to have especially on a friday you're going to have a lot of traffic it's because of the security that's required in this crazy wacky hamas driven world you 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 have to make sure people are going to be safe and secure and you're just going to have to as they say in the traffic department pack your patience News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. So let's uh, let's dive into something that I think is very interesting, and it's the relationship between Nathan, I rent lots of cabins, Wade, and, of course, Fanny Willis. Boy, she's been off the radar for this entire week. Nobody's talking about Fannie Willis. I mean, what could you really say about it, given the fact that um, – you know she was basically humiliated last week and made out to be somebody who was less than honest right all the way around so here's a report out of Atlanta that i that i was able to put together and it's very interesting to hear The difference in what really happened and what she says happened, I think this is the death knell for her effort to get rid of Trump. They may bring somebody else in, but I think this is a death knell. Go.
4: some breaking news right now at noon. A private investigator hired by former President Donald Trump's Georgia attorneys alleged more than 2,000 phone calls and just under 12,000 text messages took place between Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and her special prosecutor Nathan Wade before he was hired. This morning Trump attorney Steve Sadow and Jennifer Little filed an affidavit in Fulton County Superior Court from Charles Middlestad. That's a 59 year old criminal defense investigator who's now been hired to provide a voice call and text history for Nathan Wade. Wade and Willis engaged in a now Acknowledged, I should say, a romantic relationship, but the couple claim that their relationship began after Willis hired Wade to assist in her investigation and subsequent indictment of Trump and his allies. This story is developing by the minute, and you can read more on this new filing on our free Atlanta News app and, of course, on the free website, atlantanewsfirst.com.
1: Holy cow, 2,000 phone calls and 12,000 text messages? I, I can't even imagine that amount of back and forth. But this is what uh, they're they're saying has happened here. I mean, if this is the case, then that judge has got to bounce her uh, off this case. I mean, this just shows maximum collusion, 2,000 phone calls. Like, do the math on 2,000 phone calls. That's incredible. That's 500 calls. Just, that's more than one a day. That's 500 calls per year. For four years? Every day you're getting all the, I mean, 12,000 text messages? Uh, something, is, uh, something is not right. Something is uh, definitely, uh, clearly uh, wrong about this situation. I mean, that's all I can tell you. But I mean, my gosh, what are we, what are we seeing here? Here's what we're seeing. You're seeing desperation set in. Because these cases are not going the way these folks figured these cases would go. They thought this was going to be like an episode of the West Wing or they thought this might be uh, an episode of, of law and order or something like that. But the reality is you have. Just so much bandwidth that you've got to try to use to convince people that Donald Trump is going to be removed. Once you start seeing these cases not bear fruit, people are going to start turning their backs on it and going, okay, I get it. This is just not going to happen. You're wasting our time. You're wasting our resources. You're doing all that sort of stuff. And I mean, look, if, if you wanted to do an A B comparison, clearly you have much more competent thieves operating in New York when it comes to trying to pull things out of Trump's uh, empire than you have down in in Fulton County in Georgia. Uh, Fannie Willis, I mean, when you think back to the way she testified and the way she was yelling and screaming and pointing uh, at, 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 at the different witnesses, that looked like an episode of, I wouldn't even say Judge Judy. I think it was an episode of Maury Povich. Uh, It was Maury Povich. It was it it was any of that sort of stuff that that you would expect in daytime programming. It, it, It might even have reminded me of an episode of Cheaters. Remember that big hit show? Cheaters in Spanish. The Spanish episode was referred to as Secretos. There was Spanish cheaters and there was English language cheaters. To me, it felt like that. Today, it felt like, OK, we're going to do a sting. We're going to run up on him in the mall and we're going to say this, this and that. You look at Tish James in, in New York and you look at that crooked judge, uh, uh, Angeron, and you can only conclude a couple of things. They actually they, they actually have their they actually have like a plan to try to take Trump out. I don't think it's going to be effective because once the adults, meaning the big business interests in New York. And, of course, uh, the, the 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 courts that are serious courts uh, are going to look at this and say, this is not the way we want to approach any of this. Um, th- th- this is just devastating, though. This is this is devastating. I mean, you think about that. You th- you think about th- the way they're talking. Are, uh, uh, really? Two thousand. I mean, George, you and I know each other fairly well. Would you? Could yes, you sir, imagine man. two thousand calls in a year? From one person? Where are and you tw- there? And, yeah, I'm here, buddy. I'm here. You got me. I'm right here. Um, you know, 2,000? 2, 2,000 phone calls. Hey, Charlotte, join Breaking Brett Jensen at the first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024, Thursday, February 29th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Watch Brett host... Breaking with Brett Jensen Live, browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba, and giveaways and specials courtesy of the Vintage. It's WBT Cigar Club, Thursday, February 29th, at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Seatings limited. So lock in your reservations today. Email cigar at wbt.com for reservations. And uh, I know it's going to be an incredible event going to be phenomenal let's go out and talk to robert first up robert welcome to the program
5: hey brett you bring it every night every night thank you buddy yes sir you were just talking about um the lack of strategic vision and i I think you were uh primarily alluding to the i I think you're alluding to the republicans and i'm certainly part of that group um Mm -hmm. uh as you know brett whether you're selling a product or, or, or an idea or a political vision, you have to have a what a lot of people would call an elevator speech. You have to be able to talk off the cuff, hopefully persuasively and very knowledgeably about about your product or about your idea. Right. And Trump, and by the way, I, I like to talk, I, I love talking about uh, topics other than, other than Trump, but on the eve of the South Carolina primary, Trump is, a, is very, very good at delivering his elevator speech in, in, in one minute or longer, but very, very good at doing it concisely. We're, we're going to make America great again. Right. Uh, we're going to, to, to tackle the two big problems that our current president, Biden, has created. The, the massive uh, problem at the border, we're, we're going we're gonna, to uh, deport a lot of people. Uh, we're going to shut down that border. And we're and we're gonna we're gonna solve that problem to the to the best extent possible. We're also going to drill baby drill we're not only going to be energy uh, independent but we're going to be energy dominant and that is if there is one way to bring down prices which is it's very hard to, it's very hard to bring down prices you can you can you can stop the rate of growth but to bring down prices he's talking about becoming energy independent which will filter through. To to almost any kind of price you can think of, so he is very very good at giving an elevator speech. And Nikki Haley, I think, who I like, I like Nikki. I think she, I, if I had to define her elevator speech, it's uh, well, we need a generational change. We need to get rid of the chaos. Uh, I'm a conservative who can do that. Uh, to me, her elevator speech, and again, I like her. I like her. Uh, but I don't think I don't think I don't think her uh, elevator speech is as compelling or as effective.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, I would take any of the republicans who were running uh, up you know from from the beginning to now. I would take any of them over Joe Biden. I think everybody kind of fits into that bucket. Now, Nikki Haley is yes, we have to end the chaos. We have to uh end this. We have to end that. You need specificity. Like you were just saying, Joe, Joe Biden broke the border. Uh, Joe Biden has caused us grief because of the pullout of Afghanistan. Joe Biden has violated his oath of office by being told by the Supreme Court that you cannot give student loan relief to the tune of 150, 170 billion dollars. And then he turns around and brags today that they're going to do it that, and they did it. And that's how it's going. Going to be. This is a lawless administration on a lot of levels. And so, what Trump does is, Trump sticks to the hits. He plays the hits. Okay. Make America great again, secure the border, Uh, no more bad deals with overseas countries, all this sort of stuff. That's great. But when it comes to governance, he's got the advantage over any other Republican that's running because he is running as an incumbent. Yes. Biden beat him in 2020, but he is running as an incumbent. You actually have a world where there are two incumbents running against each other. And that's the differentiation. It's easy for Nikki Haley to say we have to stop the chaos. It's like it's like us saying to each other, Robert, you know, I I really wish we weren't so divided as a country. Well, that's a great wish. But how are you going to accomplish it? You can't. It's not going to work. We have a divided nation and we have to operate under those parameters, kind of like the awful uh, CFB system for college football that we saw where you're going to inevitably have one conference left out of the equation and now they're going to fix it. So that that that's one of that's one of the big issues here. Uh, but she also doesn't make a compelling argument for a pathway forward for her to continue in the race. She is I think she's got 17 delegates I, I, I and I'm not I'm not making fun of her. Uh, I'm not downing her, but I thought I saw a chart earlier today that said she's got like 17 delegates after three races. And Trump's got like 180 or something It's some, some larger number. Um There's no pathway for her to to move forward unless unless Trump gets arrested, gets thrown into prison and she's got it all to herself to try to run. And, And that's this is the reality that we're living with right now. This is this is the reality. And we haven't we haven't seen this in our lifetime. We we really have not seen this iteration in our lifetime, and one of the challenges is you have one person who's pretty committed to what their plan is, and you have somebody who's too addlepated to explain what their vision is, and, and that would be the president of the United States. People are worried about. Him. He's got cue cards in his hands now when he talks to people, and and that's a um, that, that that's something that should never uh, uh, never be and should never have been. I mean, it's uh, it's. I, 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 I just I, I I'm just I'm just perplexed by this. Dwayne, welcome to the program, Dwayne.
6: Hello, yes, sir.
1: Yes. What's on your mind, sir?
6: Oh, uh, yes, yeah, So this some
7: the Nikki Haley talking about Trump creating chaos or doing chaos. Yes. Well, he's not created it. He's not created it. They have created it against him. The chaos began with Obama. I mean, all these Egypt, Egypt, Libya. Mm-hmm. The Arab Spring, the false <clears throat> Dozier, how can she sit back and say that Trump is the chaos? And that there's, that's the furthest thing from the truth. It's the yeah. whole Democrat Party that
8: is the chaos.
1: Well, I think, I think what she's saying when she alludes to chaos is uh, she's alluding to these lawsuits, these these prosecutions, all these sorts of things. Um, it's Joe Biden that has created the chaos. I mean, I, I don't doubt that at all uh, from your perspective. Let's go to John next. John, welcome to the program.
8: Hey, Brett. Good Friday to you. Yes, sir. Hey, um,
9: yeah, I agree that I don't see a path forward for Nikki Haley. However, in the greater context, I agree with what she's saying is that only three states have held their primaries now, mm-hmm. I guess four now. And it, uh, to me, it's ridiculous that two insignificant states like Iowa and New Hampshire have such a big influence, not just in this race, but in general in picking the presidents. I understand, you know, somebody has to be first, but I think it should be a state of consequence, a, a state that more that you know, is a little more... Um, Nick uh, represents the greater population i mean iowa is in the middle you know it's a a, that's why we have all these corn subsidies you know and and ethanol in our gas because everybody goes out there and panders to them and you know spend billions on on that stuff i i think you know there should be at least two or three states on the very first day and if one it gives a, a, a better Cross sample of the country, but two, it also makes you, you know, the candidates have to produce, have to be able to, you know, show that they can run two, three different campaigns at one time, and not just focus on one little insignificant state.
1: So, so I would take that. I would take it your th- at your thought at your argument that she is effectively over after Super Tuesday.
9: Oh yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's no path to victory for her at this point. I mean, I mean it, it, the polls just show you that, and, and you know, he's going to lock this thing up tomorrow night, sh- and sh- you start seeing. I, she I, probably stays in the race. But her money is going to start drying up. That's right. Uh, That's
1: yeah. You know. I, I think it will. I think it will. I think you're spot on. And by the way, just for the for the record, Donald Trump's got 63 delegates as of today. Nikki Haley's got 17 delegates as of today. Ron DeSantis has nine, and he hasn't been a, a factor since Iowa. Um, he has a much more credible pathway forward, I think, than Nikki Haley does. Um, and and, yeah. and 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 I'll and I'll absolutely stand uh, stand by that assertion. Great stuff, John. I appreciate you being
0: and everything in between.
1: News talk 1110 993 WBT hour 2 underway great to be with you on this friday please be patient i know there's uh, t- a traffic issues that are happening out there i've got loved ones that are trying to transit the uh, the city and to get out of town it's uh it's it's a real bear and this is what happens when a president comes in to visit and uh, and spend time, uh, whether it's Republicans, Democrats, a vice president, uh, a president of vice. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's that's what you got uh, kind of happening here. Uh, I am looking inside the 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 arena there in Rock Hill uh, over at Winthrop as we get ready for this rally to get underway. And uh, a new a new addition. I have not seen this. If you have seen this at the rallies, I have not seen this. There, there are people who are waving signs that say fire Biden. Uh, very creative. And that's what happens when you have a, you know, a person who is running as an incumbent against an incumbent. Uh, and that's, a, it's a rarity. It is a, it is an absolute rarity in so many uh, different ways. Um, uh, I, I want to talk about the president though, the, 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 the current president, uh, Joe Biden, he, um, he's getting a raw deal. He's getting a raw deal. How do I know that he's getting a raw deal? He's getting a raw deal because I heard it on MSNBC. There was a senator once upon a time named Claire McCaskill, and she is upset about what the New York Times is doing, that they're being vicious to Joe Biden, vicious to Joe Biden. Cut number 22, please.
10: When he's still exceeding in terms of their global reach. But you know what they really look down their nose at? They look down their nose at Donald Trump being the leader. I mean, what they everyone says to you when you travel, well, you wouldn't elect him again, would you? Um, hasn't the country learned? You wouldn't ever give this guy power again, would you? Tell us that he's not going to be reelected. Please tell us that you've learned your lesson. So the only blemish on the great country of America worldwide is, oh. in fact, Donald Trump. And can I make a suggestion? I move that every newspaper in America quits doing any fact checks on Joe Biden until they fact check Donald Trump every morning on the front page. It is ridiculous yeah. that the New York Times fact checked Joe Biden on something. I mean, he vomits yeah. lies. Trump vomits lies. And he, every day, over and over and over again. And it's just ridiculous. That-
1: Don't fact check Joe Biden. Don't do that to him. Wow. That, that is a whole new standard. That is an entirely new standard. I, I, I'm i not I'm not anti fact check. OK, if you want to fact check, fact check, everybody fact check. Don't just fact check Biden or Trump. Fact check Schumer. Fact check uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Hakeem Jeffries. Fact check those people. Fact check everybody. You want to fact you want you have an entire beat in the newspaper, that's the fact check uh, page. Fact check them all I'm, if you're going to do it. But, you know, they started early on with we're going to fact check Donald Trump every single moment of every single day. And what they never did was they didn't make allowances for hyperbole. I know, I know there are a lot of people who went to public school. So let me say that in a different way. Um, there were a lot of people that did not understand hyperbole. Well, because that's 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 how they, I think they teach it in the public schools now. Hyperbole. They don't call it hyperbole. Hyperbole is too much of a highfalutin word. It's like it's like a, grec, a Greco word. It's like a, Greece, a word from Greece, right? Hyperbole. You can't do that. You get that. that that's that's a racist, uh, sexist, homophobic, transphobic. Uh, it's all those sorts of things. Uh, the hyper hyperbole is how you go about doing it. But I'm I'm a big fan of of fact checking because I'd like to know if people are telling the truth or not. However, I would like to know what the fact check report looks like for each newspaper and and outlet that's out there, too. Everything can be fact checked. You guys want to fact check my show? Fact check it all you want. It's why when I have stories, I attribute them. When I play clips, I attribute them. I don't make stuff up because you don't have to. The idea of making up lies and making things up in this day and age, you don't have to do it because the world is really, really wacko. It is a really, really wacky place. And, you know, the idea that 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 you'd have to make something up when it's like shooting fish in a barrel. My Lord, it's unbelievable. Speaking of something that I never thought I would see, I genuinely never thought I would see this. Did you see what they're doing in Chicago? No, not the not the not the Democrats deciding to support the Republican Party. That's a big that's a big deal. But did you see what they're doing in what they're doing in Chicago is genuinely frightening. They have decided in the interest of equity, in the entrance, uh, in the interest of of safety. Now, hear what I'm saying. In the interest of safety. The Chicago education department the department that runs all of the schools i think it's i think they call it the cta chicago is getting rid of all the school resource officers throwing all the school resource officers out of the schools because they believe it's inequitable if there are police officers who are there to help staff or students who have been assaulted, stabbed, shot, murdered, whatever. They don't think that that's that's just anymore. Uh, they are getting rid of school resource officers uh I, that that to me, like my jaw hit the floor uh, my 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 jaw hit hit the uh, the floor. Uh, Because this this is what this is supposed to make things safer. Chicago's Board of Education made a decision Thursday on CPS school resource officers in a unanimous vote. Chicago's Board of Education approved a plan to remove police officers from the Chicago public schools starting next year. Wow. I mean, that. That city is so violent and so dangerous, and they just they're going to double down on it. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen. Get ready, folks. Get ready. This call will start to sweep across the country. Get rid of all the resource officers. Get rid of them all. It's going to have a twofold effect. Number one, the schools are going to become ungovernable. They're going to become just absolute maniacs, uh, and people are going to be harmed. People are going to be killed. That's number one. Number two, other cities are going to try to implement this exact same approach. Number three, likely you are going to see people who care about their kids decamping from Chicago and maybe coming into Charlotte. There may be a benefit from that in that. You may be able to bring in a, a whole new tranche of students to come in and be educated here at CMS who otherwise wouldn't have those opportunities. Yes, and and and, and John Stewart hits me on, on a note, and he's exactly right about this. One of the candidates for school board in CMS last year called for the removal of resource officers. So cutting edge. I mean, cutting edge coming out of Charlotte. But but. I don't believe that that model happened, so they are still trying to uh, keep people safe. But would you send your kid to a school that didn't have a school resource officer? Holy cow. It's unbelievable. I, I, I mean, you're just it's just wow. Wow. There's a school in Brockton, Massachusetts. Brockton is a very rough area in Massachusetts. There's a school in Brockton, Massachusetts, where you have people who are staffers at the school and parents at the school who are begging the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to send the National Guard to police the property at the schools. Did you ever think it would get so bad?
11: he's going to be tracking the questions and we're going to get into some of those news talk
1: 1110 993 wbt it is the brett witterbull show great to be with you here ladies and gentlemen uh sending this out to nathan wade and of course fanny willis baby
12: now i'm in I mean, how
1: much time did they spend together? They lied about the number of nights they spent together. 2,000 phone calls. 12,000 text messages. You know, I, I rent a lot of cabins. I rent a lot of cabins. That's what we're finding out. We played the clip earlier. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. 7045701110 news talk 1110 3 WBT All right let's jump out and uh take this call from John who's been patiently holding on John welcome to the program
7: Hey good afternoon Brett uh thank you for taking my call it's always a pleasure thank I want to sir. make a comment about the school resource officer situation out there in Chicago Yes sir but uh, if I may if I may uh, deviate for just one moment about old The uh some people fought the attorneys uh, for the defense were stumbling last week when they were trying to uh, figure out her residences, Mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. They had up their sleeve this whole time that affidavit of all those phone calls. So they did, I mean, they tripped and they tripped and they tried to nail her down to figure out what address was yours, all, Mm -hmm. all in that testimony last week. Yes, And they came away looking flustered. Well, they got it. And now they've perjured. They got them on perjury. But, uh My school resource, Whoa. my school resource thing for your color, yes, is, I used to run a municipal, and I had SROS, and they were federally funded. My municipal was poor, and they were they were a grant program. So as long as I kept the police officer, it enabled me to hire one. But as long as I kept them in the school, the first three years was funded, and then I had to reapply. And typically, you keep getting those monies. Now, this is the thing. Every time I got one, Mm -hmm. my budgetary people pulled out of the line item the actual money used for the police department because it was coming from a different source. So in Chicago's instance, they're going to have, you know, we'll just say $100,000 per cop total package. They're going to, you know, they've moved $750,000 out of their police budget because it's coming from a separate resource. So when that money dries up, what are they going to do? They're going to get rid of the police. We can't afford them anymore. Wow. So they're doing everything that they have promised to do in Chicago going back eight years. We're going to get rid of our police force. We're going to stop policing. We've gotten them out of the schools. We can't afford them. They're all gone. And we all know what happens when you take law and order out of an
1: equation. That is look that that is incredible because you know what will follow next they'll, they'll 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 even have bigger savings you know what they're going to have they're going to have fewer teachers wanting to go into that into that lunacy uh risking their lives i mean what what's next i mean and 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 i'm not i'm not making fun of this or making light of this but are we going to so we going to give the players uh, the uh, the teachers uh, stab vests and uh, flak jackets because i mean the the rounds are going to be flying in those classrooms and the stabbings are going to go uh, uh, way, way up. And how are we supposed to make this work? Is it, is it, we're going to well, supposed to hug it out?
7: The tragedy, the tragedy on the wall, the writing on the wall is this uh, Charlotte City Council played around with the idea or has played around and committed yeah. funds to these neighborhood mediators. Yes. All right. Instead of policing, we put neighborhood mediators out there to stop the gun shooting and the violence. Mm-hmm. Well, you take police out of the schools, they're going to now fund some social cow cal, called a uh, school school mediator and instead of it being the principal, the teacher, the guidance counselor, uh things of that nature, they'll bring somebody in uh with a four year degree in uh in and humanism and yeah. and touchy feely uh your thoughts matter to us. Yeah. And they'll put those people in there and try to mediate uh the <laughs> fifteen, twenty person barrel in the in the hallway.
1: You, I, I have a very good friend. In fact, he's he's my electrician. He runs Pyramid Electric in, in in Fort Mill, and he's a former NYPD officer. And we were talking about this once upon a time. And he raised something that I thought was so important. He said, you know, typically when you have school resource officers, what what you what you expect of them are those are the guys on the back end of their of the job, right? They're 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 going to retire. Uh, they're they're just still kind of staying in there. And and he said you got it exactly backwards. You should put the young guns into school resource officing because number one, they're, they're going to be enthusiastic about doing the job. And number two, they would also uh, my, my my belief uh, is is that number two, you would actually have a mentoring opportunity uh, if you have a younger person than somebody who's 55 years old walking the halls of the mean of, of the mean schools. And and that should be Absolutely. a voc That should be a straight vocation. It, you know, some people want to go to SWAT. They want to go to the helicopters. They want to go to uh, you know, uh, Gang, gang intervention, that should be a vocation for young cops coming up who can build those relationships and try to, try to d- d- you know, diffuse things.
7: Be an impressionable individual.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, it's Brett, this is very have a Great sad. weekend.
7: Thank you for you, your time. You,
1: you too, John. Great call, man. That was a great call. Great piece of analysis. Love it. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, we got uh, Breaking Brett Jensen's going to jump in with us. We're monitoring the Trump rally that's coming up here. And, and I got for, for in the 520 hour, in the 520 hour, I'm going to give away Tar Heel tickets. So you're going to want to stay listening for the entirety of the program. Not yet. Coming up in the five o'clock hour.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: 1099 3 WBT, it is the Brett Witterwall Show. Happy to welcome back to the program, my very good friend, Breaking Brett Jensen. I'm excited for your uh, cigar night. I'm excited for your coverage tonight with uh, with what you're going to uh, be coming down the pipe with uh, there, Breaking Brett Jensen. Good to have you back on the show.
13: Thank you, sir. And I'm really looking forward to our first, our inaugural cigar club night. I'm really looking forward to that.
1: That's going to be awesome. That's going to be. That's on February 29th, and you definitely want to make sure that you are uh, signing up for this uh, just head on over to cigar at WBT.com for reservations so that you can come out and spend time. All right. I'm going to, I want to talk about your show that you've got coming up tonight, but I want to float float something by you because you, you watch a lot of these trends that happen, especially in municipalities. Okay. And here's, here's what I'm curious about. The city of Chicago voted unanimously to get rid of all school resource officers starting next year breaking Brett Jensen, what could possibly go wrong?
13: so basically what you're saying is that's reason number seven thousand four hundred and eighty seven as to why no one should ever live in Chicago
1: it's incredible it's they, they want a softer a nicer approach with the with the people uh, at the school. So-
13: so here's my th- here's my thing because you know there was a a candidate here, Monterey that wound up being elected at school board here, and she you know famously said that she didn't think that there should be school resource officers because the black and brown kids were triggered, mm-hmm. and of course my response to that is isn't it better for kids um, to be triggered emotionally as opposed to having someone actually pull a trigger? But yes. you know, um, so. The thing is, is that, you know, it, it's I, I don't have sympathy for the residents of Chicago or L.A. or San Francisco or New York City. I honestly don't. And here's why. You're the ones who elected them. Yep. You're the ones who put in power. Yep. Now you reap what you sow. I have zero sympathy. And, it's, again, it's just another reason why there's great migration out of those rat holes.
1: That's how I was going to say. So that may mean that we will get new students coming in from Chicago who want to feel safer in, in the Charlotte schools as opposed to Chicago.
13: That's right. You know, but the only thing is the biggest trend is you have to say, look, now, just remember your voting ways because That's right. what you That's did right. previously obviously was a disaster. Absolutely right. Don't do the same thing and expect different results.
1: So let's talk about what you've got coming up tonight. Very interesting program. Uh, what, what, what are you uh, looking at, and what are you sharing with the audience?
13: So tonight I do have a special program, Brian. I appreciate you bringing that up. It's, uh, so I've got Dale Falwell. He's, the North, he's currently the North Carolina treasurer, but he's also running for governor on the Republican side. And he made national news this week when he announced that North Carolina Will not cover for state employees, and there's like 275,000 state employees, so we're not talking a small number. But the state of North Carolina, insurance-wise, will not cover Ozempic, the the famous you know a trendy weight loss drug. Yeah. On insurance programs, Ozempic was made for diabetes. If you have diabetes and you need Ozempic, it will. The state will totally cover it, but they will not cover the use of Ozempic just to lose weight, and so. I bring Dale Falwell on tonight to talk about the state's decision to do that and why they decided to do that. And then also catch up with him on how the campaign's going as he runs for governor.
1: You know, it's refreshing to see somebody who is so focused and fixated on the fiscal end of things as opposed to, you know, social justice, this social justice, that that you see all over the place, too.
13: Oh, absolutely. And then the other thing tonight that I'm really excited about, um, it's the first time I've really done an extensive interview with this person, Catherine Truett, the North Carolina uh, superintendent, you know, mm-hmm. she oversees or helps oversee all of education in North Carolina, and she's running for re-election. And I have a very in-depth and intense interview with her tonight.
1: Does does she in her role and it's a genuine question, I'm just curious, does she knock heads a lot with the governors and stuff? I mean, how does how does that all how does that all kind of work out when when you're trying to get the kids educated? But you've also got people who want these uh, social elements uh, to be to be the drivers rather than uh, outcomes.
13: Absolutely. And she has bigger issues or there's bigger locking of the horns with the state school board. And here's why. The school board members are appointed by the governor. And so all but one of the state school board members are hard liberal, or at the very least, just plain liberal. Mm-hmm. And she is a conservative. Catherine Stewart is a Republican. And so here's the way I like to explain it to people. People think that the state superintendent has a lot of power, like the superintendent has power in local school districts. They don't. They have very little power, actually. They can help try. But here's exactly who they are they're like the mayor of Charlotte. Vi Lyles has very little power. It's the city council with all the power. And Vi Lyles can try and influence things and oversee things and try to help things get passed into law. And she has done that. Catherine Truitt has done that. But when it comes to the actual day-to-day rules, mm-hmm. that's the state school board. And there's very little influence that, or very little that the state superintendent can do with that state school board, other than you know, try to influence or meet a happy medium, just like the mayor in Charlotte can, but that's about what they are. So it's basically, they're the mayor of education in North Carolina, if that makes sense.
1: Great, great analogy. That's a great analogy. It makes it makes it very, very clear. I want to I want to pivot you over one last thing, real quick here, Brett, because uh, I always appreciate your insights. Um, you, you've spent time in South Carolina. You've you've uh, you've gone to school there. You've 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 been over there. Is, is there a particular area that you think people ought to be paying close attention to with results coming in tomorrow in, in, in the state of, of, of South Carolina um, with this battle between Trump and, and Nikki Haley? I don't expect that Nikki Haley is going to have some huge swell, but I mean, who knows? You've had 372,000 people move into South Carolina since uh, she was last governor. Um, and so a lot could change. But is there is there a bellwether place that you kind of keep an eye on down there?
13: I think there's three, and it's the, big, it's the three big cities. It's, or, you know, comparatively speaking for South Carolina, Greenville, Columbia, and Charleston. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because those three cities are predominantly liberal. They're very liberal. And if you have most of those people, let's say, that are either that are conservative or independent, and they're considered themselves to be moderately conservative or center-right conservative, mm-hmm. How many of those actually vote for Nikki Haley in those three big cities as opposed to a town, you know, like Bamberg, South Carolina or Chester, South Carolina or whatever, that just don't have a lot of people? How many people in those three big cities actually come out and vote? I think that I'm just curious to see what the turnout will be in those three cities, which all three, like I said, are predominantly Democrat. How many independents and how many uh, people actually vote for Nikki Haley in those three areas. To me, that to me that's the one that I want to be looking at the most. Because if be, uh, she as those three yeah. cities, then she's got zero chance. Yeah, uh,
1: g- going to be a uh, going to be a, a great night tonight with your program. And then obviously, we'll be monitoring all of this throughout the uh, weekend with commentary coming back on Monday. Uh, I appreciate you coming on with us, and I, I do appreciate you uh, spending time with us, my friend.
13: Anytime, Brett. I really appreciate it, buddy.
1: Hey, you got it. That's uh breaking Brett Jensen. Make sure you sign up for his uh for his event over uh at the uh at, at the cigar uh, uh bar in Gastonia, the uh, vintage whiskey and cigar bar in Gastonia. Email cigar at WBT.com for reservations. We're gonna dip into this rally when we come back. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. What do you say we dip in and uh, listen to a little bit of the President's Address, or the former President's Address uh, there in Rock Hill, South Carolina?
14: easier for mothers and fathers to have babies, not harder. You know that. That includes, and you saw this, it was a big deal over the last few days. That includes supporting the availability of fertility treatments like IVF in every state in America. You've been seeing... You've been seeing Alabama. It's been a big story. Like the overwhelming majority of Americans, including the vast majority of Republican, conservatives, Christians, and pro-life Americans, I strongly support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a precious little beautiful baby. I support it. And today I'm calling on the Alabama legislature to act quickly to find an immediate solution to preserve the availability of IVF in Alabama, and I'm sure they're going to do that. The Republican Party should always be on the side of the miracle of life and the side of mothers and fathers and beautiful little babies. have to be on that side. IVF is an important part of that, and our great Republican Party will always be with you. We're always going to be with you in your quest to find that ultimate joy in life. You know, the ultimate joy in life is a beautiful, healthy, wonderful baby. So we are with you, and I wanted you to know that. And a lot of Republicans call me. I put that message out on a a thing called Truth Social. Has anybody been tuning in lately? Social socials hot, but we put it out a little while ago and a lot of people called up, a lot of politicians called up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, that's the way we feel. So we're going to be with you all the way and uh, you're going to see things we want to we want to help. I mean, it's a very big subject, frankly, very complicated and very big. But Uh, some of the president speaking
1: uh, in in, uh, Rock Hill, uh, uh, espousing the uh, the imperative for people to be able to. Uh, have kids, and uh, that—that's—that's uh, that's certainly a very, very important point. And many, many people are going to be uh, weighing in on that. I want to go back to last night. I want to go to last night at CPAC uh, there in uh, in Maryland. They—they—they—they uh, they, they, they are right on the cusp of DC, but they're actually technically in Maryland uh, at, at the uh, at the event location. I debated going, but I I think the, the CPAC event next year is going to be much more uh, important than the one this year. It's just my, just my two cents. But last night we had one heck of a speaker come in to uh, address the group. And this is somebody who you may or may not be familiar with. Um, his, his name is, um, Nayib Bukele, Nayib Bukele, he's the president of El Salvador. He's the guy that got all those criminals locked up in the country. And they tried to basically cap him in in terms of not necessarily in a violent way. But George Soros put a target on his back and Bukele stared him down. This is the president of El Salvador, a guy with a lot of charisma, a, a guy who understands what works uh, for a country. And this is what he had to say last night. He put a lot of people on notice last night. Cut 30.
10: When he's still exceeding in terms of their global reach. But no, 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 that,
1: no, that, right. that, that's not the right cut. It's uh, it's uh, cut 30 that I had sent uh, over uh, Nayib Bukele of uh, El Salvador.
15: They don't talking. have a democratic mandate. If they want a seat in the table, they should run for office. Let the people vote. It will not be a pretty sight for them if the elections are free and fair. I mean, who elected Soros to dictate public policy and laws? Why? Why does he feel entitled to impose his agenda? Let me tell you something. Soros and his cronies hit a brick wall in El Salvador. thank Thank God. Thank God. Another glory be to him. Salvadorans are now immune to his influence. No one believes his lies anymore over there.
1: Remember, Rashida Talib, the squad, Ilhan Omar. These people all went in to try to depose this guy from the presidency of El Salvador. El Salvador, for for decades, has been an incredibly dangerous place. In fact, your your very special border czar, Kamala Harris went down there on a fact-finding tour to see what it was that was causing uh, the explosion in crime and, and murders on the streets. And she came back and said, effectively, it's climate change. Climate change, and people can't, uh, can't get jobs. They can't do any of those things. The reason why they were having difficulties in El Salvador was because of the gang problems down there. And once you start arresting people, prosecuting people, sentencing people you you have a situation where you can start to take back control of the streets this guy is going to be a significant player for for years to come and I, i and i pray that he doesn't lose his life um in this mission because there are certainly elements in this world who do not want him to be successful in that country but what's curious like think about the trend lines you're seeing here all right so you see um, you, you see what what Trump did. He got elected. It was a shocker. And then you started to see other people getting elected around the world. Gert Wilders uh, over in the Netherlands. Uh, you, you, you saw Maloney getting uh, elected in in uh, in Italy. Uh, you saw the great boogeyman of MSNBC, uh, Viktor Orban uh, over there in in Hungary. What else did you see? You saw uh, Millet. The, the new leader of, of Argentina, uh, they made fun of him. They said he was a goofball. They said all these things. He won the election. And on day one, he started cutting departments. And now in the mix of this, you have Naib Bukele. Naive Bukele. Think about this guy who just was talking and then think about think about what we have in a character we have to deal with with amlo in mexico who is flooding our country with migrants he's not he's not allowing them to stay in his country he's pointing them into the united states of america bukele doesn't want to lose population he wants people to feel safe stay in el salvador and 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 provide for their families that's what this guy's trying to do that's why soros hates him that's why Soros hates Maloney. That's why Soros hates Malay. That's why Soros hates all of these people, because this is about control. And if, if you're not bowing to the World Economic Forum, if you're not bow, bowing to, to people with influence like the Sorosistas, uh, you're, you're, you're going to be on the outs and they're going to come for you and they're going to come for you hard. They can't, they're coming for Trump. Uh, they, they they have come for him. They are coming from for him now. And I mean, this is a uh, this is a real challenge that we're facing. I think it's a fascinating time to be alive. I think it's a fascinating time to see the ebbs and the flows in these regards, because th- the more these people get elected, these populists, the more populists decide to run. And before you know it, you have a revolution, not in a violent, bloody coup style revolution, but a revolution in change. It's a big deal. All right. Coming up. I got Bo Thompson coming by. And on top of that, we're going to give away tickets. Miami versus the Tar Heels coming up this next hour. Stick around. I got two pairs.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: News Talk, 1110 wbt That song means one thing and one thing only. Bo Thompson in the house. For a final time this week, or wait, technically, will it be a final time this week? Will tomorrow feature Bo Thompson over on the mix? What's going on, Bo Thompson? Congratulations on a uh, a job well done with uh, with with the coverage that you do here and uh, with the show you're going to be doing with uh, Beth Troutman. Uh, busting my uh, britches and buttons uh, with pride for you, man. It's uh, it's awesome that you guys are doing that.
16: Well, I appreciate that. We're, uh, it's a, it's a new, you know, we're still doing our regular show. Nothing's happening there. We just, uh, are, are going to try, uh, to, uh, add one more day of the adventure and, and see how that goes and have some fun over on our, our sister station and, um, you know, uh, talk to a, uh, a Saturday morning audience and, uh, nice. you know, we'll, we'll have some fun. That's what, that's what we'd like to do.
1: That is awesome. That is awesome. And, uh, I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be amazing. Um, we are sitting here right now, Bo Thompson, in the center of the political universe for all intents and purposes. Uh and it's not going to just be today and tomorrow. It's going to be when we get to Super Tuesday as well. I mean, this this is no there is no place I'd rather be than right here, right now.
16: Yeah. You sound like Marv Levy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
16: Nowhere. No, where I'd rather be than right here, right now, and, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, Trump is uh, speaking in Rock Hill, and uh, tomorrow is the big day, and then a week from Tuesday is Super Tuesday, and uh, we're, we're going to find out. We've been talking so much about hypotheticals and what, what if this, and why is this happening? I mean, tomorrow we're going to get some, some uh, I don't know about finality, but we're going to get some at least sort of, a I guess, a blueprint for, for the next stage of this race. Um, and uh, I, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated to see what happens tomorrow, but I'm also fascinated. I, I've been driving around this afternoon running mm-hmm. some errands, and you know, this this D8 race that uh, we've been covering so heavily, yep. and we did the debate with those candidates, it's really interesting to ride around and see all you know, there's so many candidates, and, and, and you ride around town and you see uh, areas where one candidate has a whole lot of signage, and then you'll go to another place. It's just uh, you know, I, I've, I, we've covered races before, uh, and even the one we did several years ago that Dan Bishop ultimately won, you could, court, you could sort of see where that race was going. And this one, um, this one's going to you've got six candidates uh, that are very different and, uh, yes. uh, you know, yes. impressive backgrounds, and it's just going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And then, you know, I, we were talking to Mark Walker on the show yesterday in the morning with this B6 race, which is going to be decided uh, in the primary round because there's no general. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a really uh, interesting time. Uh, you know, presidential politics uh, are one thing, but uh, down the ticket is really intriguing, too. Are,
1: are, are you surprised by anything that that is out there in terms of, a, of an issue that's moving or not necessarily moving? Is, is there anything that you're kind of looking at uh, that, that, that people uh, should maybe be aware of that they may not be?
16: Well you know this uh, this IVF uh, and this is not necessarily a, a flashpoint where we are but the, the IVF uh, you know court ruling in Alabama I think is one to sort of watch because yes. that one is uh, a, a huge deal there obviously but that one could 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 obviously end up having a, a much more uh, uh, national could have more national implications as these primaries sort, sort of spread but You know, Beth and I have been talking a lot about that one this week. uh, uh, And and I also think that uh, as you watch these races, I mean, the border issue is never, never too far from the forefront. I mean, if it's not the thing that candidates are talking about, it doesn't go away for very long. And so I think uh, that's an obvious one, I know, but it's one that uh, seems to sort of permeate every one of these races, you know, down the ballot. And um, we saw that with the debate we did uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, everybody's got an opinion on that and, and, and want you to know very quickly up front mm-hmm. uh, where they stand because that, that to me, uh, is moving the needle more than anything else. Uh, if, if you, uh, you, you go down the, 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 the ladder of all the different things that they're That's talking right.
1: about. And, and you know, what's interesting is that there's only one female contestant in that D8, which, which is obviously Lee Brown. And, um, you know this this has has sort of come up tangentially on that debate night that we had um because she spoke about being a mom and, and and that and so one one of the things is that's very interesting is okay so how how do the guys kind of try to differentiate themselves i think like with with a, the with a bradford we we know where he stands he's very very pro-life um but it's all the other folks that were sitting up there on that at that those tables that also would need to weigh in. And I'm sure they're going to be questioned about it in the, in the coming days.
16: Lee Brown's an interesting one to watch too. Uh, she's the one candidate, obviously that was in our last debate. Uh, mm-hmm. and she was in, she's, she's, it's interesting to watch candidates evolve, right? And, yes. and, and sort of uh, learn things as they go. Lee Brown was on with us a couple of weeks ago. I uh, had a very impressive interview. Um, and I know she's been on with Jensen and, and I think she was on with Pete today, but, yep. uh, she has uh, evolved as a candidate and we obviously see what's happening with Mark Harris and uh, that's uh, you know that's a whole uh, show in of itself yeah. But, oh yeah um, it's, there, there's a there's a lot of intrigue a lot of intrigue I mean there we were talking to Mark Walker yesterday who uh, you know uh, uh, he and Mark Harris are, are two guys that have been trying to crack back in. To mm-hmm. national politics for a while now and have kind of hopscotched around. I mean, even before the, the scandal uh, ridden race that, that, that Mark Harris had to drop out of, and he was you know, technically congressman elect there for, for a few weeks, even mm-hmm. went to orientation in, in Washington. But before that, Mark Harris ran for, he actually ran for Senate at one point in, in the primary round. And uh, Harris, the two marks, Harris and Walker, are going to yep. be very interesting stories. Uh, as as we get to uh, North Carolina's uh, Super Tuesday uh, races,
1: okay, you you raised it, so I want I want to ask you, and it's like nothing to do with the politics per se of what what we're talking about. C- can you imagine, like? You fight to get a congressional seat. You're doing all that stuff, right, to get the congressional seat. You get elected. You're 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 going to Washington D.C. Can you imagine when like you walk into the orientation and you're just like the newbie and you want to go talk to some of these Congress people and they probably won't give you the time of day because it's like it's got to be like not hazing but it's got to be like pledging or something. That's got to be crazy. I mean, when you really think about it, right?
16: Yeah, with all the characters they have there right now, I mean, and and they're on both sides of the aisle. We know that. Yes. Just, just just to be a fly on the wall—that's a very famous wall to be a fly on. But um, you know, if I had to choose a a wall that I'd like to just camp out on one day, that that would be one
1: of them. (laughs) Can you? I mean, just you're like, because what's going to happen is you're going to be there. You're going to be like, hey, that's AOC. Hey, that's Matt Gates. Hey, wait a minute, that's Mike Johnson. Hey, (laughs) you're like I've seen you on TV a million times. I've yelled at you on TV sometimes. Um, What do you? (laughs) It could be a reality I, I, show. I'm goofy. I, I'm sorry. It's I know it's a goofy way to do it, but it, it is. I mean, it's probably also got to be like if you if you're playing big time football, college football, pro football, you get drafted, you get you know you you, you sign with a team, and then you're walking around and you're like, holy cow, that's holy cow, that's Pat Mahomes right there. I can go talk to him if I want. I mean, it's just it's got to be one of those weird things. I, you know but people you know, think that really about so radio like people too.
16: You, you look at somebody like Dan Bishop yes um, who who uh, has not been there long and he's about to leave and, right. and look how quickly he rose to the forefront of everything that, I think this that that's the intriguing thing for a lot of these people and why uh, I think some of these people keep trying and trying and trying because yep. they see if you can just get in look yep. at the impact you can make in such a short amount of time if you are uh, you know and I know some people out there would say uh, the, the ones that are the most vocal and the loudest uh, are the ones that get the least done, but, uh, right. you certainly can have a sh- an impact in a short amount of time. If you play your cards, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so Bo Thompson, what do you have coming up this weekend and into the next week?
16: Hey, uh, all eyes on South Carolina Monday. We will have Nick Mulvaney in studio back with us, uh, for the nine o'clock hour. And, uh, I can't wait to, uh, to 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 have some some numbers to talk about, and and like mm-hmm. you said, we'll be uh, just about a week away from Super Tuesday. So, uh, uh, as we always say, Brett, this is what we live for, right?
1: a hundred percent. This is Christmas time for geeks um, with politics. I mean, no no doubt about it. Uh, it's the Olympics for geeks. Um, I appreciate you being there. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and I'm sure we'll be texting furiously across the uh, across the weekend, my friend
16: wouldn't have it any other way
1: you got it enjoy enjoy the weekend man i'll talk to you soon bo i appreciate you buddy take care yeah you got it that's uh that's bo thompson uh, check it in lots of great stuff there lots of great stuff there news talk 1110 993 3 wbt it is the brett witterbull show all right i'm in a giving mood now i've got Two tickets to UNC Tar Heels versus Miami Hurricanes basketball coming up on Monday, the 26th of February at 7 p.m. in Chapel Hill. I am giving away the tickets to caller Number five, caller number five is going to win these tickets, 704-570-1110. Two tickets to UNC Tar Heels versus Miami Hurricanes basketball. It's going to be incredible. Monday, 226 at 7 p.m. in Chapel Hill, caller number five is going to win the tickets. Good luck. All right, let's let's uh, let's jump out and talk to Ed, who's uh, patiently holding on. Ed, welcome to the show.
17: Yeah, uh, Brent, uh, I hadn't heard anybody comment on this, so maybe maybe you hadn't seen it. You brought up George Soros. Mm -hmm. Uh, A week ago, he spent $380 million or so and was ecstatic because he purchased a group of radio stations in bankruptcy, 229 from all over the country. Now, these radio stations tend to be uh, middle of the road type things. They report news as it's re- real. And they don't have any uh, any liberal agenda or anything. Some of them may have some conservative talk shows. Uh, now that he has control, he he is in the process and has the legal right to change every one of those stations' agenda. Between now and the election, he's going to change every one of them's programming. And he, he, he was ecstatic. He looked like uh, the Cheshire Cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was wondering—that's a huge deal. Have you seen? If you haven't seen that, you're in the radio business. Why don't you look it up and read about the the group of stations and how significant it can be for the election?
1: So what 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 happened here is he um, he what he did was he took a massive stake in the nation's second largest radio company. That owns more than 220 stations nationwide. That would be Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey, uh, once upon a time, was called Entercom. Uh, they they are uh, a company called Odyssey now, though. Uh, they bought up uh, 400 million dollars of debt. They didn't actually buy the stations. They bought to a uh, 400 million dollars of debt that the number two broadcaster uh, has. Okay, well, so these are stations.
17: He bought them out of bankruptcy. Yeah,
1: they're, they're, so these are the stations. So, so the stations included would be uh, WFAN in New York. That's a sports station. Ten um, Ten uh, Wins. That's a news station. Um, one insider that was close to the situation said he believed it was possible Soros was buying the stake to exert influence on public opinion in the months leading up to the presidential election, um, but. Uh, the stake is equal to forty percent of the company's senior debt. So he didn't he didn't buy them like outright, where like he's got control of those. He bought forty percent of the company's debt. No, he has control. Okay, but he but he bought. You, the, need,
17: you need to, I mean, I was in finance. You didn't read it. You need to look up about what what he did legally on the bankruptcy part. He has total control. That's why he looks like he's having an orgasm. I, I, I think he's so
1: happy. Okay, Ed, I I, un, I understand. You you are an expert. I am talking to the audience as well, who may not be as expert as Ed. But you know what? Go ahead and share with me your thoughts on this. Uh, Tell me where you think this is going to go and how this is going to happen, Ed, because you obviously are are very familiar. Well, I'm
17: just saying, it's just what the guy said. He he supposedly bought it to exert influence. He said he's going to change, he's planning on changing the program on all Mm -hmm. all of those stations to block Mm -hmm. anything, you know, uh, to make it pro-liberal. Mm-hmm. is what he's planning on doing. Now, you know, I saw him in an interview uh in Germany in 2015 when someone spoke, spoke a, put a microphone in his face. Mm-hmm. And he said that he would not be happy until the United States was totally destroyed.
1: Mm-hmm.
17: I think he's on the cover of Newsweek or some magazine like saying, that.
1: He's on the cover of Newsweek saying he, he wants America to be destroyed. That he
17: hates America, hates yes. America. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he, is, uh, he is doing a lot more damage than anybody realizes when 10 years ago he changed his strategy and started pouring money into these local elections, Mm -hmm. running, getting the uh, local judges Mm -hmm. put in and local secretary of states and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where he's, and that's why now... I mean, it's just like the election was stolen. I wish you wouldn't keep saying Trump lost the election. Trump, he had the second most loss in history to Mondale. And and if you want to prove it, you know, and you'll know this, because the Supreme Court Justice sentenced a guy to jail that it had, had uh, to prison that was in charge of changing all the voting machines that night. Mm. And I saw the Chief Justice video Mm-hmm. Uh, sentencing the man,
1: yeah, and I did pretty the Chief good. Chief Justice, you 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 wait wait he you, saw through, Justice, uh, uh, you saw Italian, the Chief Justice, you saw the Chief Justice, you saw the
17: English, and you went to Italy, and they are
1: the only oh red God. country pretty much left. I mean, the, okay, the you you saw was, wait 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 wait, stop 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 Ed Ed, Ed 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 you saw the Supreme Court Chief Justice sentence the man. That's you just said that right? Ed, did Ed hang?
17: So Ed, Ed this, it Ed wasn't, Ed Ed changed. Ed. To go change places with this guy in prison.
1: Okay, Ed. There's yep. a number of factual errors that you're making, Ed. The Supreme Court justice doesn't sentence anybody to jail. The Supreme Court justice, the chief justice, uh, administers the court. It is a court of appeals. Uh, it is the highest court in the land. He doesn't send people to jail. Now, now, if you, please. If
17: you will go play the video of him, you'll see what i
1: My I'm Lord, Ed, 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 I have about had enough out of this. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Ed, I got to tell you something. I feel like you might be a plant. Are you a plant for the other side? I, I'm feeling like you might be a plant trying to discredit my I'm program. I'm most
17: further from that, aren't I?
1: Oh, I'm worried about this now, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. I'm. I, I, I want to. No, I'm, so,
17: I'm sorry, you won't. You won't look at evidence. All you got to do is read about. You sit there down. you can't control Ed, the thing. Yeah. You Ed. What I was telling you. And yeah. It's in Ed. English Ed. Right there, black
1: and white. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed is your expert. Okay, Ed. Uh, t- no, I'm not an expert. I'm. An Wait, expert you just said, said you were an things. expert, Ed. Ed you, you told me you were an expert. On. Okay. L- Ladies and gentlemen, let's I listen to you're Ed.
17: Expert on radio. Why don't you look at those stations? And you did. And you you let me know what some of those stations are. I'd like for you to maybe look into all two, uh, the whole
1: 229. kind Ed, Ed. Ed,
17: See what's going on? So we Ed. Learn.
1: Ed, hold on a second.
17: I know nothing about radio business.
1: <laughs> okay, I win. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate that. Wow, wow. Ed, listen, man. I know you're in finance. I know you're wicked smart. I know you got all this stuff. You know about the Supreme Court Chief Justice sentencing somebody to jail. Here's the deal. <laughs> um, and I know you're upset right now because I'm kind of lampooning your position. Radio is a complicated business. You you could theoretically go and buy 200 radio stations and put the Ed Show on 24 seven three sixty five. And you know what might happen? You might go bankrupt. Because the situation with radio and television, I know, I don't know anything about finance, but I know a little bit about broadcast. Um, you need to offer product that advertisers and that um, consumers want to hear. That, that's, that's, it's a business. Now, you could certainly program Che Guevara 24-7, 365 on all the stations that you believe the guy's buying. And people are probably not going to listen. There's going to be idiots that listen to that, but there's not going to be a broad scale market for that. Uh, the, the radio is a tried and tested sort of a thing here, man. And and I got to tell you, um, I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm a little bit disappointed. I figured somebody who knew finance like you did and and understood the ways of the world would be interested in a conversation. And it feels to me like we didn't have a conversation. It feels to me like I, I was your, well, I was your source of catharsis. And you're welcome to do that. But in the future, I'm gonna have to caution you that if you wanna have a conversation, it's like playing tennis. You hit the ball and I hit the ball and you hit the ball and I hit the ball. And I I really feel like there's been some discrediting that has just taken place here. I, I need to apologize to the audience. I am sorry.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up,
1: News talk 1110 993 WBT it is a pleasure to be with you here today 704 570 1110 so I, I I gotta I gotta level with you guys uh, on something here I, I have to I have to level with you uh, about this um, obviously many of you are uh, growing concerned uh, about this and I don't want you to feel uh, overly concerned about this because um, I've got I've got a tremendous way to fix this. I've got another pair of tickets. I got another pair of tickets to the UNC Tar Heels taking on the Miami Hurricanes basketball game coming up Monday, the 26th of February at 7 p.m. in Chapel Hill. And I'm going to give the tickets away to caller number five. Caller number five, 704. 5701110, two tickets to UNC Tar Heels versus Miami Hurricanes basketball. Uh, we're talking about Monday, the twenty-sixth at 7 p.m. in Chapel Hill. Caller 5 gets the tickets. Good luck and uh, enjoy the game. Great stuff. Great stuff all the way around. All right, Charles is up next. Hello, Charles. Welcome to the program.
5: Well, hello, Brett. Howdy. First of all, I'd love to welcome you to Charlotte. Um, this is the first time I've ever called. Thank you for calling. Um, i spent years and years of windshield time listening to radio. Yes, sir. In that last caller, I'm just trying to get over a brain aneurysm from what he was saying. Um, I could give a darn about uh, Soros buying a thousand radio stations. It don't matter. Uh-huh. Then, no one's going to listen. You're exactly <laughs> right. I mean, how many of the liberal stations have failed? Oh, nobody wants to hear their
18: message.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a market. There's a market for everything, Charles. There's a market for there are people who who will eat all sorts of different kinds of food. But there may not be it may not be mass appeal food. Right. You think so, like, let's think about. Let's think about like a, a fast food place that we could all identify with. Don't have to say the name, but that thousands of people go and patronize every day. And then you can open up something where you're like, hey, I'm going to feed you uh, roots and 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 parsnips. And that's what you're going to eat. And I have 2,000 restaurants serving roots and parsnips. And we're going to take over the restaurant world. Mm, probably not.
5: Nope. That will not work. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just, I don't know. That that guy just gave me a brain aneurysm because... No, he, no,
1: we don't want to say that because there are people who actually have uh, aneurysms. But here's what I want to say, Charles. I do appreciate the tactical air support uh, on this matter. And so I want to, I am going to explain this in a calm and rational way. It's just that when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're a great caller, Charles, thank you very much for helping me reset this. Look, I... Love talking to people. I take a lot of calls. I think I might take more calls than almost anybody on the station. And I and I and people can call with stuff that's kind of a, f- a far afield, and I'm still going to entertain you, and I'm going to talk to you, and we're going to talk about what we're interested in. And I'm fine with that. But, but... The only place I kind of put a firewall up, honestly, is if you start giving me, I've got secret information about this happened and that happened and the other thing happened and it start to get kind of factually sketchy. If it's not entertaining and funny, you know, we have got to move down the road because there is a credibility issue here. Now, that being said, okay, Soros bought the debt in the Odyssey stations He's going to maybe want to have influence over all of that. That's fine. That's what happens when you buy stuff. But there are a lot of other things that play here. Um, uh, uh, Advertisers, uh, community service, um, uh, staffing, all that kind of stuff has got to happen you go back, go back to when they were trying to take Rush Limbaugh. Uh, they were trying to bounce Rush Limbaugh off the air. Media Matters tried to get rid of Rush Limbaugh. They never were able to successfully do that. Then they went and they built Air America, which was going to go and destroy Rush Limbaugh. It never even registered a, a millimeter on, on, on the graphing of any of that. They, they ended up losing a ton of money. And it was, you know, kind of a, kind of a, a real mess. The only successful person that ever really came out of that, that universe... And I'm and I'm being I'm being generous it was like Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow found a home over at MSNBC. Would Rachel Maddow find a home over at Newsmax or Breitbart or, or 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 Fox News? No, probably not. There's there's room for every kind of perspective. But the idea that you're gonna come in and you're gonna forcibly make everybody eat, the the metaphor I'm using, roots. And parsnips for every meal of 24 hours of a day. It's not going to work. It's there. There are there are far too many outlets that exist to provide wacky people with wacky stuff. Mainstream people with mainstream stuff, people that are just curious about everything, about all that kind of stuff. And that's what it is. And I understand P- people can get scared and it can be a frightening time where they're all going to try to come and get us, there's, I assure you, there's more of us than there are of them in terms of the way people think. Uh, people by and large in this country are free market people. You want to open a restaurant? Let's see how it goes. Do I like the food? Uh, is it a welcoming place? Is it any of that sort of stuff? But if you're coming down the road. And, and you've got yourself like a food truck and you're shooting hot hot dogs at me, uh, with no sauce on them, no, no mustard on them, no, br- no, no buns on them. And I'm just getting hit in the side of the head with, with a bunch of hot hot dogs getting hit, hit me in the head. I'm not interested in that product. You're not going to jam it down on me. I, I'm just going to be like, yeah, it's not for me. I, I listen to all kinds of radio. Like I listen to all kinds of radio. I watch all kinds of television. Um, this, that's not entirely true. Like I don't watch like 90 Day Fiance and stuff like that. That's not my thing. But, but I, I consume all this content all, all day long. And there are people who do it really well. There are people I hate who do it really well. And I acknowledge that they do it well. I just can't stand them. And then there are people who I want them to do really well. And they're terrible at it. But I still you know wish them well. There are so many options you have here. And that's the thing that people need to understand. Not every shoe is going to fit on every hand. I mean, I'm sorry. Not every glove is going to fit on every foot. You know what I'm saying. I'm mixing my metaphors. The fact of the matter is there's nothing you can do about what anybody's going to try to program unless, of course, you want to file a complaint with the FCC. And then who knows what's going to happen? Uh, It's 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 just one of those things. This is a marketplace. Marketplaces exist. This marketplace, I am so proud of it. This is the best company I've worked at uh, ever in my career, r- right alongside when I was working with Rush. Um, th- this place has been amazing. This place is remarkable. And this place is very successful in the marketplace. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I'm so proud about being at WBT. Nobody comes into my, into my studio or any of the other studios and says, you must talk about this today. You must talk about that today. You must not mention that today. Nobody does that. We talk about what's interesting because we are trying to build a market and we succeed. And then sometimes we fail and then sometimes we make it up the next day. But it's really that's what it's about. There's no secret to success. It's give stuff to people that they want. Like you're listening right now and you're saying, OK, Brett, you made your point. Stop it. I'm done with you. You're right. We're going to move on to other stuff straight ahead.
3: Vince Coakley, largest COVID vaccine study yet, finds links to health conditions, myocarditis, pericarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Can I just interject here? What's the harm in just financially taking care of these folks who have these issues? What is the harm? Stay connected.
6: Vince Coakley, Monday morning at 10. WBV.
10: Your emergency situation station. News
1: Talk 1110 993 WBT. All right. Apparently I angered somebody earlier in the program. I need to address this. They didn't like that. I referred to hyperbole as hyperbole for the public schools. And so, uh, you know, that was called, that was just, it was a joke. Like I was just joking around about that. I, everybody knows it's actually pronounced hyperbole. Everybody says it that way. Um, it's the, Game that happens right after the Super Bowl. 704-570-1110. Good to be with you uh, on this awesome day. Let's uh, the president. uh, Former President Trump is still he's still talking in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, and uh, he's he's playing a lot of the hits. So I'm just letting you know that that's why I'm not going to carry the whole thing because he is playing a lot of the hits. But he spoke at the National Religious Broadcasters Association. It's a big deal. This is where the religious broadcasters get together in in their convention. And uh, he has addressed them a, a couple of different times. Um, this is the president uh, today talking about the role they have in the country and the culture. Cut 29.
19: Former President Trump addressing an enthusiastic crowd at the annual National Religious Broadcasters Convention, the organization celebrating its 80th anniversary this year. This
14: great organization has helped spread the word of God, the love of Christ, the stories of the Holy Bible and the voices of famed evangelical people and evangelists, uh, evangelists like the late great Pat Robertson, who is a great gentleman, got to know him very well great evangelist, and, of course, Billy Graham. How good was Billy Graham, right?
19: CBN White House correspondent, Abigail Robertson, at the gathering in Nashville.
10: President Trump's marks the sixth time a former or sitting president has addressed the NRB. President Biden and GOP primary candidate Nikki Haley were also invited
19: to speak, but declined. In his speech, Trump touted the accomplishments of his first administration, including his record on abortion, Israel, the Supreme Court and judges, and religious liberty. And I will fight even harder for Christians with...
14: Four more years in the White House. We did things that uh, the likes of which nobody has ever done for Christians in this country.
19: In another announcement, he promised to create a new federal task force on fighting anti-Christian bias.
14: But no one will be touching the cross of Christ under the Trump administration. I swear to you, that will never happen, never happen. And we have to save our country. But Christians, they can't afford to sit on the sidelines in this fight. They have to really get out there. They have to do what they have to do, and they have to win.
19: The former president is moving on to the next Republican primary tomorrow in South Carolina. Trump is looking for another early state sweep after big wins in Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. And polling suggests he'll easily get it. Jennifer Rauter, CBN News.
1: So what, what I think is interesting about the, the way this is unfolding is you heard uh, the president, former President Trump, uh, about an hour ago, because this, this is about how long this uh, this rally has been going on. He opened with the discussion about IVF and he he has decided, you know, he's going to go all in on pro family topics. He's going to go all in on. um on on religious freedom and things like that. And that stands in stark contrast to what you've had from people like Merrick Garland and, of course, Chris Ray. Because what have you had from Merrick Garland and Chris Ray? You've had surveillance of Catholics. You've had pro-lifers getting SWAT teams show up at their house uh, in Pennsylvania. You've seen a lot of ugly, uh, heavy-duty... Uh, policing coming down on communities of faith, but very specific communities of faith. You didn't see Merrick Garland and Christopher Ray come down on the, on the Hamas sympathizers, right? You didn't see them arresting people. You didn't see them surveilling people. You didn't see any of that. And look, and that's not to say that people of any faith should be surveilled, right? We understand what the first amendment is. And the first amendment is the freedom of religion, period, full stop. and, Um, I don't want to wish that on any group of people unless, of course, you're being violent and you're actually being violent. Right. You're actually committing acts of terrorism. Then that, of course, is completely unacceptable. But one of the tricks that's getting played here on this IVF issue, and it, it, it deals with this Alabama case. So. Essentially, at its most basic explanation. You had a lab worker who had embryos uh, in, uh, you know, in storage, right? Because you have IVF and then you, you don't use all the embryos, so you keep them in storage. And so what happened was this lab worker was carrying the tray with the embryos and they dropped it on the floor. And the people to whom the embryos belonged sued the operation and said, you, you killed our embryos. It went to the Supreme Court in Alabama and Alabama ruled, yes, you're liable for the killing of the embryos. You've got to pay whatever the, the, the settlement is, right? The, the money that's being asked for. Now, the left is super oversimplifying this and they're saying, look at this. This is a Roe versus Wade matter. This is not a Roe versus Wade matter at all. This isn't access to abortion. It's actually the opposite of access to abortion. It's having embryos that you want to preserve, destroyed. They, they have become destroyed, but they are not people. That's not a person yet. And so what they're saying in the, in the Supreme Court of Alabama is, oh, no, these are, these are people, and we've got to deal with it. So this is obviously going to go to, I'm sure, a higher court than the state of Alabama. But here's the thing. This is not a Roe versus weight issue. This is an access to abortion. This is an access to abortion. This is the destruction of embryos and people seeking compensation for the deaths of their embryos or the destruction of their embryos. That's not abortion. Abortion would have just been abortion. It would have just been, hey, I'm not going to give you an abortion. Hey, you're going to have an abortion, but you're not going to do it past this date. That's a whole separate matter. It's not the Dobbs decision, but they're going to try to confuse the voters by saying, look at this IVF, IVF, you're going to be compelled to have babies. They actually weren't even trying to be compelled. They were just trying to be compensated for the damage that was done to their their stuff. I, I mean, I, I have to I have to believe I maybe I'm wrong and, and maybe you guys are smarter than me. Maybe Ed knows. I don't know. But, um, you you know, people people bank cord blood. Right. Well, what happens if you destroy the cord blood? Before the the, the deal was was up, you probably would have to be compensated, right, for the cord blood. I mean, I'm I'm guessing I don't know. Uh, You know, it doesn't last forever. You usually keep it for a few years. But if you like suddenly just destroy it and the person who was paid the money to bank it, I think you have to probably give them something back. And there's there's cells in there, right? There's obviously blood cells in there. So wouldn't you expect compensation? But you're going to see Joe Biden's going to try to flip this into an abortion thing. Oh, it's abortion. They don't want you to have an abortion. You know, I'm I'm the second Catholic president of all time, and I believe in in abortion up to and including uh, the birth time. Okay, I'm being sarcastic there. But the second ever Catholic president of the United States, he's he's got some pretty interesting theories about certain things. That's all I'm going to suffice it to say, because I don't want to get in trouble because, you know.
0: jamming out to something new and everything in between.
13: Lost for a thousand
5: years, men will still say this
14: was their finest hour. The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m.
1: It is the fourth hour of On a Friday, before the primary in South Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, 704-570-1110. You heard Winston Churchill in that open, by the way. You heard from Winston Churchill in that open. Question for you, well-meaning question that I want you guys to answer me about this. Could a Winston Churchill exist today, or would he be too controversial? Could a, could a George S Patton exist today, or would he be not allowed to be in the uh, United States military? What about Douglas MacArthur? What about any of these people who were the people who fought for the democracy of the West? Feel free to think about it, talk about it, mull it over 704-570-1110. All right. I am going to go out here really quick. Um, uh, I need to take this call from Stan because, uh, Stan, this is a disturbing report that I am now also seeing on television at the same time. What is happening, Stan?
20: Well, uh, apparently there is another balloon like before, and it's over the state of Colorado. They're monitoring it. But here was the disturbing part. The balloon's origin and purpose are currently unknown. If you go home tonight and there's somebody in your house that's not supposed to be there, are you going to monitor them, or are you going to ask them to leave? Well,
1: the only way they're getting monitored is I'm going to call the cops and say, you need to take them out of the house pronto, uh, and I'm going to monitor you taking them out of the house. I mean, that's about it.
20: what's, What's worse, the fact that it got there, or the fact that they don't know how it got there and what it's doing there unknown?
1: Okay, okay. This this is a very important point. Okay, this this is and I'm going to get into an element of masculinity here that some people will be understanding of and some people will not be understanding of. It's not not anything offensive or anything, but there are different things you can do to a person if you have a confrontation with them. You can argue with them. You can even maybe jostle them a little bit or something if they're getting in your face. But then there are things that are automatic violations. Okay. If you were to take your hand and palm somebody's face and push them away from you, like by palming their face, that is almost a guaranteed fist fight. That's going to break out. Okay. Um, if you spit at somebody that is going to be a pretty much a guaranteed fist fight or maybe worse as a result of that, it's like that kind of behavior to me, this balloon coming across our country Again, that is that I think is act of war. I think you shoot this thing down. I don't care where it is. I think you shoot this thing down. This is terrible. This is complete and total disrespect of our country. And it has got to be dealt with, Stan.
20: Well, you know, there's one thing that I thought of this and I hold this. You know, there are so many Chinese people that have come across our border illegally. Could this have been launched from inside the country? By some of them,
1: uh, intentionally? No. Oh, uh, I mean, anything's possible, right? Anything's possible. But here's the thing. What I don't like about this report is that this comes just, what, 24 hours after the phone issue that took place with AT&T, that everybody is now saying, well, it was just an update that didn't go right. I'm, I'm not – I don't know
20: that I'm believing that. I'm not believing uh, it either, no. So, I mean, that – you with don't the, take and – with, and, with and with the pharmacy thing that happened at the same time? Correct. Not, not
1: not a coincidence somebody's trying us somebody's trying us and i think we know who it is and the one thing that i'm most concerned about with this is i'm really hoping somebody's not taking a knee on purpose to allow this thing to transit across the country that's my main concern because now you're going yeah, mine too. Remember last time? Where did it go, Stan? It went up north, right? It went up uh, by Malmstrom Air Base over there uh, in in Montana and across the top of the country. Now it's a little bit lower, right? It's going over Colorado now. What? That's interesting. What's going to be next? White Sands Missile Range in 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 New Mexico. Uh, yeah. well, what, what's uh, the you know the Skunk Works? Where's
20: it going well, next? And, and, and if we did that in China, what would they do?
1: Oh, please. <laughs> Please, we, I'm old enough to remember, and I know you are too, 2001, 2001, George Bush is just in office and they crashed our EP3 plane that was just flying off of the, the coast of China. They, they crashed that thing to the ground. They took it down and held our, our people hostage for a few days.
20: Wow. That, yeah, yeah they, they don't play. All right. All right. Well, take care, Brett. I always enjoy it. Oh,
1: great stuff, man. I appreciate you being out there, Stan. This is really bad. Like, this is really super bad. We got another balloon over the country. Who who greenlit this? Who approved this? And, and what's with the balloons? Like the, the balloon is a really unnerving thing. Like of everything that you could fly over the country. You, obviously, the Chinese have satellites. Uh, they have planes. They have things like that. But this is a balloon. A balloon is 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 very unnerving. It's very much. It's very much uh, reminding me of uh, of of the movie It. With the clown just standing out in the woods, looking at people, not doing anything but looking at people or then laying underneath in the uh, in the sewer drain you know i that that's a very unnerving thing to see. I might be wrong, and if you think I'm wrong I'm willing to listen to you seven oh four five seven zero eleven ten Let me grab this call from Joe Joe, welcome to the program
21: how you doing Brett
1: I'm well thanks
21: well, Stan got me all fired up and off my topic, but what i what i what I called into uh to mention was in your last segment you were you were referencing uh the former president's comments down in mm-hmm. rock hill uh yes. today along with earlier ones and and you you painted it with the uh the 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 brush where he he's embracing um not only the pro-life stance but the the ibf issue mm-hmm. and it got me thinking because you 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 painted that against his competitor and and granted, I am biased. I'm a supporter of of, uh, of Trump. But as I sat there and I thought, yeah, you've got uh, anti-abortion, pro-abortion, mm-hmm. which um, being a shady Catholic, you know where I come down on that. <laughs> um, but then economic growth versus what we've seen in the last three years. Mm-hmm. And it rang out to me, and I thought, you know, uh, if, if you could ask, honestly, anyone in the country who stands for— um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, that seems to be what he's out there saying we need to bring back. And I just I thought, well, I need to call in and and mention that to Brett. Um,
1: I think it's great. But
21: it does. It seems like you have a stark choice between, uh, on one hand, darkness, one hand, light. Um, But our forefathers were distinct about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, And this man is definitely about life and family happiness and the pursuit of it. And, uh, I think it says a lot.
1: I I think it does too. I think it does too. Now he it's, it's not a new uh, vein that he has tapped, but it is certainly a vein that he has tapped uh, successfully again. I think, uh, he did it uh, to an extent, uh, in in the last go round. And I think it was, uh, it's, it's telling to me that he's affiliating himself even more closely to Tim Scott, who is somebody that I think has a has a very strong uh, personal compass, uh, and and I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe that's who President Trump is leaning uh, towards picking as a VP. But again, there's a lot of real estate still to be covered between here and there, and uh, we we have to wait and see. I think I think people should be very proud of their faith because it is the only thing that will sustain you when a real crisis comes, and that's what absolutely and that's what has to be re- absolutely.
21: Re- remembered absolutely. And and to the question you posed, yes, sir. not only do we need and would tolerate a Patton, a MacArthur, a Churchill, um, I think we've cycled through the weaker leaders to the point that mm-hmm. it won't be long before we're demanding those personalities and leaders are back.
1: It's a great point. It's a great point. Joe, enjoy the weekend. Appreciate you being there today, my friend. You too. You got it. are one of the great rock riffs of all time. Are you kidding me? 704-570-1110, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, everything is fair game. We have got about 40 minutes left in the program. If you want to call in and opine and give us your take on this upcoming, uh, uh, what we've got coming up tomorrow, obviously, with the... uh, with the voting in South Carolina, if you have comments, if you're supporting Nikki Haley, if you're supporting Donald Trump, if you're supporting RFK, if you're supporting Joe Biden, we want to hear from you. Call, call in and have a conversation with us. I'm not going to mock you. I'm not going to make fun of you. I, I am respectful most of the time. 704-570-1110. Let's uh, start off with Gerard. Gerard, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for calling.
12: Uh, yeah I'll, I'll make it quick you know a lot of times uh um, a lot of, a lot of times people don't realize the stuff that you know complacency uh as, as long as you know there's complacency and everybody doesn't get shook up um you know they're happy with what's going on and even when um, uh, back in the time of Jesus in the temple and stuff like that you know, he got a little bit upset and said, hey, you're turning my house into a den of thieves. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, Trump went in the first time, and he's trying to do something so different and trying to be able to, uh, you know, come in in a different way to help people out. And a lot of people don't like that, and that's why I think people are so negative towards him, because they don't want to reveal the skeletons in the closet. Mm. But what I'm going to just tell you is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, I always say that if people didn't like Trump, they want to like Teddy Roosevelt. They want not like Abraham Lincoln. They would like George, especially George Washington. And anybody that comes along, whether it's me or you or it's Kennedy or Martin Luther King, <laughs> any of us after even Teddy Roosevelt would, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the strong forefathers that we had. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yes, that's very, very true. Now, let me ask you a question as you look across uh-huh. the, the spectrum of your life what politician do you regard as sort of the model politician and i i mean it in a positive way not in a, a, a you know a, a disrespectful way like who when you think of a of a politician that's the politician you want
12: who would it be the politician i want is trump because a mm-hmm. lot of times you know i i told people even before he won on mm-hmm. news talk 1110 i said he's going to win and a lot of times because if you go to I drive for a living, and I drive a lot of people that are like the movers and shakers in this town, the ones that really have the money. Sure. And whether you go to North Carolina, you go to Florida, everywhere where people have a ton of money, they want Trump. I have a guy that lives up in Mooresville. He's from India. He he has a Lamborghini. He has millions of dollars. And he says, you know what? We have no problem coming here doing business. He says, because Trump wants people that are going to come here and do good for America. And, and and so a lot of times he says, we don't concern ourselves traveling. And and it's amazing because all the people that have the money want Trump, but all the people that make $30,000 a year, they think they, they know what's going on inside somebody's head that's a millionaire, mm-hmm. and they don't have no clue. And that's the big device of this in this country.
1: Look, it is. You've got people trying to protect what they've got, and you've got people trying to take what you've got. And that's the big battle. And and when you have a president... People
12: talking about Walmart think they, they know what's going on inside a billionaire's head. I, think, I I drive for a living. If I drive somebody, I don't ask them about what they do, because to me it would sound like Chinese. Mm-hmm. But I know that I drive people, the, the top people in this city, and I drove them in New York and down here. I've been here 25 years. Yeah, And I don't ask them about what they do. I let them do their business. But when you try to stick your nose in and you try to ruin this guy's life,
1: that's yes.
12: why there's so much divisiveness. Is because you got people up in Washington, D.C. that go to work and then they call escort agencies and have been cheating on their wife for 20 years. Of course. Of course. Of course. They of course. Want people to know what's going on.
1: We've seen that. We've seen that. You're absolutely Ah. right. Remember, remember, you and I both remember uh, 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 Elliot, uh, uh, Elliot, uh, what's his face? The uh, the governor of of New York who was going around with call girls, uh, caller number, uh, call girl number nine uh, there in D.C. while he was cheating on his wife. You're exactly right. And he was portrayed as the next great politician. Uh, people people have a lot of secrets in their lives. I mean, they 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 do. Uh, let me go here next. Uh, Sean, welcome to the program, Sean.
18: Uh, yes, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I listen to you all the time. First time caller. Uh, Thank you for calling. Just real quick, uh, I wanted to get your take on this on the January sixth thing. I've been watching all of the uh, the uh, hearings and and things going on. And Jim Jordan's been amazing during this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, my question is, how come nobody's brought up the, the obvious elephant in the room that people were coming to the Capitol to protest uh. to a building that they own
11: mm-hmm. and
18: everyone in there works for them? And we employ everybody in there and every stitch of furniture and everything that the American people own. But yet Hunter Biden and, and Joe Biden are running around doing whatever they do no investigation everybody's trying to hide the evidence but yet they're going after the American people for coming to a house that they own um,
1: look it's a very fair it's a very fair point that you make there uh Sean and I will give you the explanation for this it, and I, and I'll tell you what it is uh, and this is a very basic explanation I believe that there were many 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 good people who came to Washington DC to DC to express their displeasure and they had no intention of doing anything violent at the same time. I think you had an element of people who wanted to come in and do violence. And I think there was an element of federal agents that were determined to draw those people who wanted to do violence into violence. I think that's what they wanted to do. I think uh, it's like um, if you, you know, many people in the audience are football fans trying to draw somebody offside with a hard count. And I think that's what it was. Um, you, you've seen videos of where they're opening gates. You've seen videos where they're having people walk around. Why does that kid end up walking into the chamber with Nancy Pelosi's, uh, you know, uh, uh, podium and, and the, the guards are going, yeah, look, see, check it out. Look, isn't this interesting? It's like you're, 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 it's like you're bringing them in like a honeypot. Now, should people have gone in there? Would I have gone in there? I would not have gone in there. But I don't I can't say for other people who might have been caught up in the excitement, the energy, the beliefs, all this sort of stuff. And we have to remember there are dissidents in the United States who are in prison in the same way that there are dissidents in Russia and China and other countries that are that are being under held under lock and key. Um, And and that's that's the important thing to understand. What I would never condone is I would never punch a cop. I wouldn't fight a cop. Uh, I I wouldn't punch or fight a a politician or anything like that, because I don't think it's necessary. I think you make the point. In the best possible way you can look at Falun Gong for all those years, they stand uh, stand up outside the, the government buildings. And then later at night, they'll, they'll they'll swoop in and take them and make them disappear uh, o- over in China. The reality is, if, if you're genuinely convicted, meaning in your own heart, if you're convicted to make some sort of change happen, it's up to you to do it in the smartest possible way. And, and, and really, that's that's what it is. It's unfortunate. You have innocent people, I, I genuinely believe, who have been caught up and are, are doing heavy duty jail time. And then there are people who were part of this thing who will never see inside a jail because they were on the inside of the deal. And all you have to do is Google the two pipe bombs that were inert. Where did those two pipe bombs come from? That was meant to create a panic that the RNC and the DNC was going to be attacked. Why would some unknown agency plant those outside? What is the purpose? When you get that answer, you'll get that answer.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love
1: News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT, continuing our conversation with all the great people who are checking in with us. And again, if you want to uh, weigh in, uh, everything is fair game, especially uh, the primaries and uh, what you're expecting, et cetera. Uh, let me jump out and, and uh, take uh, Keith next. Keith, welcome to the show.
6: Hey, how's it going, Brad?
1: Going great, thanks.
6: Um, you know, you who I'm going to be voting for. And I'm going to explain why a little bit. It may not make sense to you, but that would be Donald Trump. And on a side note, I've talked to a lot of my friends who are liberal and Democrat, and they're jumping off the boat for Democrats, a lot more Mm. than they want to let on. Mm. Um, But there's something there, and I was talking to a couple of friends, that I've never, I don't recall seeing a president, once they leave, be attacked, whether they were good or bad. You know, Mm -hmm. if if you've had Mm. bad presidents who've done things, Sure. I've never seen this before. So to me, there is something there that causes pause that I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist at all, but it seems really obvious that, that someone does not want him there because he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And even you know when we were talking about that with my friends, they agreed they were like i 've never seen anything like this it 's not that he 's just a bad person i 'm not saying he is or isn 't, but in the you know people are persecuting him and causing mm-hmm. him to go to court there 's something there um, that i can 't just ignore it 's mm-hmm. astonishing
1: so let me let me ask you a question um, and it 's yeah. a serious question about exactly what you 're talking about. If he is able to run the table, meaning all these cases come at him, and he's able to, th- you know, thread that needle between all these cases, that's got to be a supernatural event, right? I mean, is that yeah. is that a crazy thought in my head? No. Yeah. I mean, because it's pretty... All. Pretty weird. I mean, if you think about all the stuff they layered on. Like I can understand. I mean, and I'll be and I'll be a fair arbiter here. I could understand if it was January 6th, right? They're gonna say, well, he did stuff on January 6th, or he did stuff with the documents at Mar-a-Lago, or, you know, pick pick whatever you want. But then you have like who's who's Fannie Willis? Like, who is she to pop up and think that she's gonna put him in jail? Who who is Alvin Bragg with the with the hush money? What what is he? I mean, he's got he's got murderers running through the streets of New York City that he should be putting in jail, not a former president. I mean, to me, that I think that those two cases are the most insulting cases of everything, and I think that's what turns people away from him because of the look at the look at the character of Fanny Willis from last week when you watched her on TV. Uh, that that, that right. was a person that was getting a little unhinged. I think.
6: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There Keith. is. <laughs> it, yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, but I, I want to let people know out there, too, you know, black people are—they are, <laughs> see some stuff, too. Um, and that that's big. Mm-hmm. That is really big. Uh, my son goes to a school, and he went there when uh, the first one happened, first election between Biden and Trump. Mm-hmm. And most of them were voting Biden. And he said that not a lot of the kids are talking about Biden. Mm -hmm. And there, there he goes primarily to a black school. And and you know what's crazy?
1: You know what's crazy about it? He's forgiving all these student loans. These people are going to take the money and run, and probably vote for Trump. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Great stuff, Keith. Great call, man. I appreciate you being out there, Keith. Thank you so much. Let's go to uh, uh, Bob. Bob, welcome to the show.
8: Hey Brett, great show as always, man. Happy Friday. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to make a comment on, on something you said earlier. You were talking about, like, um, Churchill and Patton and those guys. Would they be uh, popular, successful, whatever, today? Yeah. And my thinking is, no, they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't make it too well. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the eras they grew up in and the influences they had. It's so different today. And I don't know if statistically this is correct, but I would— I would think that probably the majority of the world, the scales are tipped. The majority of the world is not from that, you know, Depression-era, 50s, 60s, smaller world kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, you know, we had radio back in the 40s and 50s, of course. Sure. TV started coming out in the 50s. But it's like it that has changed so much. But we had such a narrow sphere of influence and information then. And, of course, now it's gotten so warped. I mean, think about it. You know, in the 60s, we grew up with Andy and Barney. In the yes. 90s, kids were growing up with Beavis and Butthead, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm not knocking the show, but it, but sure. you, you know what I'm saying is it, the influence are just so different. So. Um, people were much more, I think, single-minded. You know, the values were much more uh, commonplace. We were all kind of rooted in these certain values and love a country and, you know, right and wrong and that kind of stuff. Not that there aren't great kids today. Don't get me wrong. It's just Mm -hmm. that there's so much hitting these kids every moment of their lives. Now, it's just crazy. I see it. My grandkids. So
1: let me, let me, I'm going to do something that's going to kind of bend, bend people's brains here for a quick second. Okay. Okay. Winston Churchill was born in November of eight. eighteen seventy four. Wow. Okay. Franklin Roosevelt was born in January of eighteen eighty two. All right. The only reason why I bring this up is imagine Winston Churchill's grandfather would have had contemporaneous memory probably of the American Revolution. And the breaking away from England. Right. In in, in the case of Franklin Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt and and Churchill would have been not contemporaneous because of what had happened, but it would have been a fresh memory in their minds and in their families' minds, the American Civil War and specifically Abraham Lincoln bringing America that had fractured back to a whole country so when when you think about like that worldview that they would have in front of them or behind them i think it makes everything all the it makes everything all the more real they don't get intimidated by a vladimir lenin or a stalin they don't get intimidated by hitler like you, you when we think about this um and you think about the way Winston Churchill had no respect at all for Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was like a gutter rat to him. This was the greatest empire yeah. that, that it existed. And he just looked at Churchill like you're Charlie Manson, dude. I don't care what you say. We're going to level your country and take all your stuff. And, and then he goes on to do it against the Russians on top of that. And so I, and the, to, to me, the they had no fear. The
8: world agreed with him.
1: They had no fear. I mean, it's it's really like they had no fear. It's 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 got to be one of the most incredible times to think about, Um, you know, because he's just like, okay, I got to deal with this dirtbag. Can you imagine? And and I'm 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 projecting. Could you imagine how Churchill would deal with Putin? Or could you could you imagine how could you imagine how Roosevelt would would deal with the mullahs in Iran? I mean, he, oh, wait, we know what happened. We know what happened because Kermit Roosevelt overthrew the government in Iran. So, I mean, this is what's so crazy. Like when we really think about this, these guys didn't scare. I mean, come on, you, you're, you you're looking at, you're looking at Roosevelt. You're looking at Churchill. They're rolling around while Stalin is in charge of Russia and Mao is murdering millions of people in China and they just whooped Hitler's, you know, what they're not scared of anything. That's how we no. should be in this country. We're not scared of anything, oh, and a wide open border. Thank you very much, but no, thank you.
8: Yeah, and as a people, we've got, and I include myself. I'm a baby boomer, but I uh-huh. include myself as a people, as a culture. Yep. We've gotten very spoiled. You have um, almost narrow minded. Yes, in, in, in our thinking. Yep, uh,
1: I get. Uh, I get people. I get people who say to me and, and, and in serious conversations, these are not weird people and they say, well, what happens when the civil war breaks out again? And you know what I say to them almost every time, Bob, I say what? it'll, it'll never happen because people will not be willing to be uncomfortable. They, they are not going to go lay in a field somewhere in Chickamauga or, or Gettysburg and, and not be able to get their Uber eats and their, and their internet stuff going.
8: Yeah, as long as my Facebook's working, I'm cool. Exactly right. Great call.
1: Bob, you're a great call. I appreciate you being out there, man. Thank you, man. Take care. You're good. Good stuff. I mean, why should we be afraid? I mean, if we think about what everybody else had to do, like think about imagine being at the Alamo as Santa Ana is blowing those horns and getting ready to storm the Alamo. And you know You've sent the sent the women and the children out, and you're going to die. Do you get up and run away and go hide, or do you live for what your legacy is mandated to be? It's one of those decisions. Do you charge at Gettysburg? Do you charge? Uh, do you do you charge at, at Yorktown? Do you hit the beaches at Normandy? Do, do, do you do you do those things? Do you battle it way? Do you do how, how do you how do you comport yourself? Because it's not just about you. It's about your legacy. And it's about the story people will tell about you for decades and maybe centuries to come. There's a great video. You can find it on YouTube. Um, look for the speech that Alexander the Great gave when they, he faced a mutiny with his troops and you can find it. It's a, It's on YouTube. It's animated. It's amazing. Final segment of the show. Holy cow. Where did it go so fast? News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Thanks uh, so much for joining me. And I want to say thank you to, uh, of course, uh, uh, George behind the uh, behind the wheel. Uh, my man, Isaac behind the wheel uh Pam and Anna uh great show uh here today we genuinely appreciated it it's uh it's been a pleasure let's jump out and talk to Ron Ron welcome to the show
22: Hey thank you so much for taking my call You're very welcome I would just like to say uh you know a couple of your callers have already mentioned it but one of the problems with this country is well number one we took we took the bible out of school mm-hmm. and and um This country was built on Christian beliefs. And um, today, I just don't believe that people have pride in themselves because they would rather just have something handed to them than fight for it. So you're right. I think they would just lay back and let somebody come and take their stuff from them Mm -hmm. until they realize what has happened, and then it's too late. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's really a sad situation. But uh, I'm 60 years old, so,
1: mm-hmm.
22: you know, um, I was raised a lot different than the kids today. Sure. And I think, I honestly believe, and I've told people this, I believe it's 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 the parents' fault because we've always tried to make life better for the children. Yes. And, yes. you know, uh, as we do that, they expect more and more, mm-hmm. and each generation just gets more and more, and I'm afraid that we've caused a lot of this. We really have. All
1: right, I I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Can I? Can I? uh, Okay, because I want to. I want to ask. It's a sincere question, and it's going to sound like a weird question, but it's a sincere one. Do you remember? So go back to being a kid. You're probably three, four years old when this happens. Do you remember the first time you were introduced to, or you were taught how to shake somebody's hand
22: as as a kid? Um. Maybe you were with your dad or your grandpa. I being taught. I was going to say my grandfather. My grandfather took me everywhere. Right. And uh, we would go to a Chevrolet dealership. They would let me start cars, you know, Mm -hmm. when I was... So at some point... I'd crawl up in them.
1: At at some point, you probably said, yeah. You'd learn that from that, yes. Right? Okay. Uh, Please and thank you. Right? Please and thank you. Absolutely. Excuse me. Uh, May I... Um, Yes, ma'am. No, sir. Those are all instrumental things that to us as adults, it's respect.
22: respect. And and one thing one of your other callers touched on earlier was the TV shows back in the day, Mm -hmm. like uh, My Three Sons, Father Knows Best. I mean, they made the father to be the leader of the family. That's right. And then in the 90s, Yep. The father was the dump. You know, I don't want to say. I can't you're, say that, you're right. But nope. You're, was the, the DA? Dummy. You know, and uh, and mm-hmm. that's just. You know, they made it acceptable, and we just let our kids watch it. And another thing too, kids are being raised by video games. Yes. And instead of the, the parents mm-hmm. raising the children, I mean, you know, I know you've heard it before, but. I wasn't told to be home by the time the street lights come on, but I knew when it got dark it was time to come home. Exactly and, right. And, uh, and I ran all over the town. As a matter of fact, uh, 15, 14, 15 years old, I'd take a shotgun, and <laughs> it was just about a mile from the house. I'd cut through the woods, and buddy, I'd take my shotgun, and a buddy of mine, we'd go squirrel hunting. Yep. You know, and that's just the way it was. And if you see a 15 year old kid walking down the street now, oh my up, gosh, everybody in the town would be calling the police.
1: That's exactly right. That, that that's you know, that's. Ex-
22: but exactly. we were taught that that's what you know. It's it's for hunting. It's not for taking mm-hmm. it to school and shooting somebody. And but the and, video games, it's just we just let these kids go, and it's it's really well, I blame the parents. I really do, and <laughs> I mean, I'm not I don't want to say I'm guilty of that part, but I've tried to make my children's life better than mine was. And,
1: Without I mean, a doubt. A I believe that. I believe yeah.
22: that. But and we, I the think re- each term, each mm-hmm. generation gets a little easier, a little easier. Next thing you know, it's like they're expecting everything. Dear. That's right.
1: And look, the reality is this. If you see a stray cat running through your neighborhood, and it's a feral cat, you're going to be wary of bringing that in your house because it's going to tear your place up and probably pee on everything, right? Because it's a wild cat. Absolutely. You, you have to tame that cat. You have to get that cat to behave itself. It has to understand that you don't tear the stuff up, and you don't do that sort of stuff. We, we have allowed people to just have, a, have adults wean their kids on their own. like, yeah, The kid will figure it out. Well, you're going to get the lowest common denominator. You know, I mean that's that's wow. what it comes down to. So
22: great call. Well, I'll I, be honest with you. I got yeah. in trouble when I was a kid and I thank God for the for the judge that I had. I was fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. I went to, I got I got sent away for a couple of days. About six months or so. But that was the best thing in the world could ever happened to me. You know of, of course. Um, you know I my grandparents offered to pay me up, you know, pay it pay it out, pay it out, you know. Yep. But mm-hmm. I did it, so I took the Took the punishment. and
1: um, Way to go, man. Wait, you, had, you had a high-character family. Thank you so much for closing it out that way. You've given me hope for the future. Uh, I'm Brett Whitterbull. It's been a real pleasure to be with you tonight. Coming up next, Breaking with Brett Jensen. We'll talk to you again on Monday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.